You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. All right, yeah, our roster looks great on paper. Look the hell. All right. But at the end of the day, we better be a good team. And you start building that during this time of the year. Get your sorry ass up! Get your sorry ass up! Doing a lot of talking with somebody that ain't do shit today. Doing a lot of talking. Do you think you're better than Jarrell Revis is right now? I'm better than you. My 24 years of life, I'm better at life than you. Dang, dang! Time is on the I ain't never seen you before, huh? Back up, Tanner, coach, you need some help. We're gonna expose you, boy. All right, we coming at your ass. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Roundtable. Let's go! Let's go! What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, proud members of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. You can find them at FTF Podnet on Twitter. You can find me, your host, Matthew Burning, at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. We are just one of a ton of great podcasts associated with this network, though, some of which are Jim Day of FF Champs, Corey Parsons and Dr. Roto from SiriusXM Radio, Mr. Bob Lung, the award-winning fantasy football consistency guide and the creator of the Midwest Fantasy Expo, Dwayne McFarland, Blake Sullivan, and a ton of great others, and you can find all of us on FullTimeFantasy.com, your one-stop shop for all of your fantasy news, advice, and strategies. We at the Roundtable are also excited to be partnering with ExpandTheBoxScore.com. You can find them at XTBoxScore on Twitter. They have some of the most advanced stats in football, baseball, basketball, and college football. College football stats are extremely hard to find. For just $15 a year, you can look at all of these. I'm telling you guys, it is well worth it. If you like to dive into the analytical side of sports and or for I use it for prospects, college football prospects specifically, it is amazing. It goes down to the minutest of details in this stuff. And again, it's just $15 a year. If you use our code ROUNDTABLE, you will get 10% off of that, which is a steal of a deal, if I do say so myself, and probably the best deal in the industry. So definitely check them out, especially if you want to get a jump on the upcoming draft class. It'll be well worth your time and money. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Matty B, on the ones and twos. We've got a different episode for you guys today. I've got a special guest coming on, a guy that, that I've been following on Twitter for a while now. He's a great Debbie mind uh, and also a great movie mind. We're going to do a mixture of all kinds of talks today. We're going to talk about the 2020 draft. We're going to talk about Debbie prospects, and we're going to talk about movies, TV shows, everything. It's Mr. Ricky Valero. You can find him at 
Ricky Valero underscore on Twitter. He's a man of many talents. He hosts the MCD iPod uh, movie reviews for the MCD iPod uh, site, part of the Music City Film Critics Association host of the Debbie Delight with Chris Stoops, and it is one, and he's one of the best Debbie and movie minds around, as I just mentioned. He's a really fun guy. I can't wait to jump him on here. He's sitting right here. We're getting ready to go. You guys, I'm telling you, if you guys haven't checked out the Debbie Delight, do it. It's a great podcast, uh, and follow him on Twitter. Uh, he, he's got links to his other music review podcast, or not music, I'm sorry, movie review podcast, which uh, he kills it. Great movie mind as well. I'm excited to get on and talk to him about that. So let's get Ricky on here so we can talk about some movies, Devies, and the 2020 draft. Hello! And as I mentioned there in the intro, we've got the great and talented movie and Devi mind, Mr. Ricky Valero. I'm excited to have you on here and talk Devi. It's been a while since I've been able to do a Devi-centric pod here for the Fantasy Football Roundtable. Ricky, how are you doing, my man? Man, I'm doing pretty good today. I'm excited to be on here, man. I like how we're mixing it up a little bit. Uh, I'm ready to have a little bit of fun. Um, the world's coming to an end, so why not have fun on a podcast <laughs> before it ends, right? It is, man. So I, I know you're in the central time zone. I, I assume from the stuff that I was reading earlier, where but where exactly do you live? Like where I know where you, where's where's everything going on for you? Where's the world ending for you this weekend? Uh, Nashville, Tennessee, actually. Awesome, man. So were you a part of uh, the NFL draft at all last year? Did you go out there and, I, and be part of the whatever it was, like million people or something that showed up out there? I did actually go. It was actually rather rather neat. Obviously, maybe not this year, obviously, because I don't think anybody's allowed to be yeah. a part of it. But I would highly recommend coming if it's anywhere close to a city because the NFL does a fantastic job of just really enhancing the experience for everybody. I brought my stepson down there, and he's a big-time football fan, and we just had a blast. It's a, it's a fun time for the kids. It's a fun time for the adults. It's just an overall great experience as a whole. Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I'm hoping the world doesn't end, uh, you know, us joking about it, obviously, because uh, we've got, uh, obviously, I, I write for the Dynasty Nerds, and the, the draft next year will be in Cleveland, where the, the main people who created Dynasty Nerds are at, and they're trying to do a big thing for the Dynasty Nerds at the Cleveland draft, and that is my hometown, so I'm hoping to get up there and go to it, because I've never been able to go. I was, I was going to try to go to the one here in Dallas a couple of years ago, but then some things fell through and I wasn't able to go. But being able to go back in my hometown, uh, I think would just be amazing, especially with, I feel like, a, how much Cleveland kind of supports that team. It'll be awesome. But I, uh, you mentioned you have a, a kid. How many kids do you have? Just one? Multiple? Uh, I've got three stepsons and I've got a daughter. Awesome, man. That's got to be a handful. I've got a <laughs> six and four year old and most of my days are tied up just trying to make sure they don't kill themselves or each other so i can imagine that uh having three four kids is not not fun man that it's oh, i shouldn't say not fun but but definitely a handful well luckily my my wife has uh, two older boys one of which is um you know 22 and the other one is uh, okay. 19 so it's or yeah 19 so it's not uh it's not too bad. We have a we have a we have a nine or ten year old. So you know, same same thing. You are in the same boat. You're in the four and the six year old. Just try not to kill each other, and yeah. you know, we make it through the day every day. Yeah, yeah, it's a constant struggle. That's why I laugh at the face of COVID nineteen because I've had to deal with these kids for quite a long time now, and nothing scares <laughs> exactly. me anymore. 
That's exactly right. All right. So I mentioned in the in the intro that you you're kind of like a man of many talents. If they follow you on Twitter, I love some of the movie reviews that you post. You're always talking about movies. Now we don't always agree on some movies, <laughs> but I also have been told that I have some some kind of like interesting taste in movies. Uh, I don't know. Uh, if you've ever gotten to really listen to our show, but we have a—I have a guy on here with me all the time, Matthew Fox. He runs uh, the FLA yep. blog, and he used to do all kinds of movie stuff as well. Was in the business, and, and so we kind of talk back and forth about movies all the time. I love it. You know, I talk uh, talked about on on my pod before that uh, before my kids were here, I used to go to like multiple movies a weekend. I have like upon ten thousand something DVDs that I used to collect. Like I love movies, so it's. It's one of the interesting things I love to talk about with people when I have on. So I want to learn a little bit more about you. Like, how did you get involved in the movie stuff? And then how did you get involved in, in fantasy football? And how long has that been a part of your life? So film has been a part of my life since I can remember. I remember as a little kid watching Philadelphia for the first time. And that movie, obviously, it was such an emotional film. And at a young age, it's not something you can understand right away. But the way I processed it, it was it was such a... It had a lasting memory on me for a long time. And and for me, when you go through life, for the biggest thing that movies has always been has been an escape for me. Right. Because no matter what you're going through in life, you have a time inside the movie theater. It's an hour and a half, two hours long. And you can kind of sit in there and you can escape from all the issues in the world. And you can kind of implement yourself into the into the mind of, of the movie. And for me, I've been writing movie reviews for, oh God, I mean, over 10 years now, I think, maybe more. I've been talking about movies, obviously, a lot longer than that. But, um, yeah, so I, I started a, a podcast with my buddy of mine. I got accepted to be part of the Music City Film Critic Association last year. So we had a big, uh, we had a big momentum swing last year with myself inside the movie industry just because we would, uh, you know, get invited to, you know, media screenings, press screenings. We did a big time award show for the Music City Film Critic Association last year. In that process, I met my buddy Jacob. Um, we do the Music City Drive-In podcast, where we did we just tackled the entire award season together. This was our first year together, and then we ended up just merging our websites and we opened up the MusicCityDriveIn.com, and it's been a blast doing that. Obviously, with no movies being released in the next couple of weeks, it'll be a little bit dry, but we've got some fun stuff planned. And then as far as fantasy football, I started uh, – fantasy world in general, I started writing almost – I'd say it sounds weird, but almost like uh, 10 years ago as well okay. with um, – I started with fantasy baseball. I don't remember if everybody remembers like the fake football, fake baseball websites. I started writing with those guys. Uh, Chet Gresham is the one that brought me on board initially, and then I started writing for those guys, and then it slowly started – trickling down and I started writing football I mean football is my first passion it's always been my first passion so it's been excited and then August of last year I got on board with Andy and then I got introduced to Stoops Stoops and I have been podcasting once a week twice a week since August we haven't missed a week and we've been talking Debbie fantasy draft uh, we went down to the senior bowl this past January and and covered that and that was a blast and I've been doing I've been doing my college football has never really been my forte uh -huh. But when I talked to Andy initially, Stoops and I started talking, and uh, Stoops kind of took me under his wing at first, and then now we're just killing it, man. And I like mixing it in. I like mixing the Debbie with the draft aspect. It's kind of opened my eyes to a lot of different things. And this is – last year I was excited for college football for the first time, I think, in my entire life. I mean, obviously as a Michigan fan, the first time in, my, <laughs> in a long time. But then also at the same time, like I'm ready for – 
I'm ready for this coming season because I, I've already we've already started talking about 2021 guys on our show. So that's yeah. kind of the background behind it all. But yeah, movies, movies are movies. It's like a one A, one B in my life. I love film. I've been I've actually in the process of writing, shooting, editing, directing a little short script of my own. So it, it, it's something that I've always been passionate about, though. That is awesome. You know, I you know, only because I respect so much what you what you guys do on the Debbie Delight. I'm not just going to stop the show now because you're a fan of the team up north. I did not know that, and that hurts me to my heart. But outside <laughs> of that, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned it at the beginning. I love the Debbie Delight. I listen to it every time you and Stoops drop an episode. Obviously, I not not in a bad way because I'm sure you didn't know who I was either before I started interacting with you on Twitter. But I, I've known Stoops for a while because of our connection through the Back Row Fantasy Show, and so when he started putting the the podcast out there, I was listening to it. And I was like, okay, like you, and you two do. You guys have a great chemistry together. Uh, I would have had no idea that you didn't really pay that close attention. You didn't like college football as much because you guys kill it. The the knowledge that you guys bring on there. Uh, so when you were asking about jumping on other pods, that's why I was I was quick to jump on there, man, because I, I love what you guys do. Uh, I'm interested real quick because obviously we're going to mostly talk college football here today. Uh, when you started writing baseball, are you a big baseball fan? Uh, yes, I, I'm a Phillies guy. Okay, so I'm from Philly. Uh, okay. and the short version of the story of why I'm a Michigan fan, I'll give it to you real quick, is um, growing up, obviously you have a sister rivalry or sibling rivalry. My, my sister was like all Penn State, Penn State. I was like, you know what, I'm going to root for whoever Penn State's facing this week. And then they faced Michigan. I've been a Michigan fan ever since I was, I can remember as a little gotcha. kid. Okay. Um, but I, I yeah. I'll tell you what it sounds. It sounds awful to say this out loud, but it's the it's the truth. I liked I loved baseball, and then I wrote so much for baseball because this was like the early stages of daily fantasy baseball. Mm-hmm. I was writing articles once a day, every single oh, day for. Okay. I did it for three straight years throughout the entire. And baseball season is the longest season of any seasons, really. You know. Yeah. And it really killed my love for baseball, as awful as it sounds. But I casually watch baseball now. Um. From a distance, but um, I tried to not do what I did myself to baseball with other things in my life because it really did. It, it kind of killed my love for baseball, but I'll, I'll still support and still watch it uh, from time to time, though, yeah. Other than the fact that when the Phillies signed Bryce Harper, I wanted to never watch baseball again. But other than that, I'm okay. good. Okay, not a Bryce fan, huh? Why not? He, they got overpaid, man. He's, he's not He's not as good as his contract entailed. Yeah, okay, I can I can agree with you on that. Yeah, I'm a huge baseball fan. It's a funny, in a way, our our stories are kind of almost the same. Like I started all baseball stuff as well, and then Matthew Fox, actually, the guy I just mentioned earlier, he was the one who kind of reached out to me uh, when the FLA app first became that big thing. When Matthew Berry kind of and the the creators of it kind of first pushed it out, and they were all promoting it all the time, and I jumped on there just to kind of like talk and with different people about football because I played fantasy football, but I wasn't as into it as I was baseball. And uh, he reached out to me because I was such a big Browns fan. And he was like, Hey, would you mind writing some stuff about the Cleveland Browns for the, for the app? And I was like, yeah, sure. And so I, I write about the Browns and that transition into fantasy. And then I've just gone off the deep end and it's, yeah, I mean, it's, the one thing I love about it is I, I'm much more into college football than I am anything else because I love the Ohio state Buckeyes. I've got such great memories with them. Like, uh, just some of the things sitting around with my dad and my grandfather watching the games every Saturday. I was able to take uh, 
my dad and my younger brother to the national championship game here in Dallas when Jerry World first opened up back in 2016. And that's one of my favorite sporting memories of all time just because we actually got to see a not just one, the Buckeyes, who's one of my favorite teams, but a, you know, Ohio team win a championship because then obviously the Cavs won it later that year. But, uh, you know, we haven't really been able to see much success there for our fans or for fans and teams uh, up there in Ohio. So it was pretty cool. So uh, now that uh, we've kind of established some of uh, this stuff about you, I know this is going to be a hard question because it's <laughs> it's never easy to limit it to one. But do you have like an all time favorite film? Like, is there that one movie that if you're scrolling through the channels, especially now with no sports on and there's nothing <laughs> for us to watch, and you see yeah. it pop up on whatever TNT, TBS, or some random channel, uh, and you just know that you're not going to be able to keep looking for anything else, that you're going to stop and watch that movie? So. I- this question is actually surprisingly easy for me because I have one film that is my all-time favorite. It's The Departed. Oh, um, I like it's a it. Film. I, what was that? I like it. Oh, I love your choice there. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, you're fine. So for me, it's just – okay, so I'm a big Leonardo DiCaprio fan. He's my favorite actor. Um, I think he's the great – I personally feel like he's the greatest actor that's ever lived. And his, But the, that film to me just – it hits on so many layers – that it's very easy for me to answer that. I have so many other films that I can mention that I love that have come out, but this one has always had a lasting impact on me. I've probably seen this film close to a hundred times. I it's 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 layered. It's got comedy. It's funny, but at the same time, it's serious. It's got a pr- pr- some pretty good solid twist in the film, mm-hmm. and it's got some phenomenal acting from top to bottom. So it's easily hands down my favorite film ever. I like that, man. Yeah, I'm a huge, uh, just like, uh, I would say anything that's like mafia related or, uh, you know, crime syndicate, anything like that, I'm, I'm hooked from the beginning anyways. But man, yeah, I'm right there with you. It's one of my favorites. So I have, it's probably kind of like a simple answer for me, but it's just, uh, for me, it's The Dark Knight, uh, and it was just because of Heath Ledger's performance as a Joker. I, I love, I kid you not, uh, you know, this sounds bad. A lot of people make fun of me all the time. I saw it like 15 times in theaters uh, when it first released and then we, when it re-released, because I'm also just like a huge fan of the Batman character in general, and I think the Joker is one of the most interesting villains in all of like comic universe, and so when Heath Ledger kind of came out and, and portrayed him the way he did, I was hooked. Uh, so that's one of, that's one of the, there's, I have a bunch of them departed in all honesty would be right up there i had you know i thought about maybe godfather 2 is actually another one i had right there like any of these movies there's a bunch that if they were on i would stop but the dark knight's one that i probably is probably the movie i've seen more than any other movie so that's kind of why i threw it on there as uh as my favorite film so Uh, i've got a funny i got a funny thing for you and i already know i have strike one against me for uh being a michigan fan I'm going to go with Strike 2. Do you know that's not even the best movie in that trilogy, right? <laughs> which one? Okay, well, which one's your favorite? Is it Rises or Begins? Yeah, I like Rises, Rises a whole lot. I'm a big Rises guy, man. I I adore that film. It's long. It's, I think, and this is nothing against Heath Ledger's performance. It was mind-blowing good. I'm not taking anything away. Right. In my personal opinion, I feel like Tom Hardy's performance was just as, not maybe not just as good, but it was almost as good as um ledgers as joker i thought he did a phenomenal job at bane and i know as bane i know a lot of people can't get past the voice but you know it is what it is i i really i it's the probably the greatest trilogy ever though oh i agree with you on that yeah i don't know i don't have any problem with that at all that i could sit and watch dark knight rises all the time i agree with you i've been 
Oh, man, what am I trying to think of? Uh, man, the movie just jumped out of my head. Cause that's all in honesty. Another movie that I love watching. Uh, Gerard Butler, Tom Hardy. Oh, my goodness. What is it? Uh, I can't even remember the guy who directed it now because he, he does a lot of the same kind of movies, and I loved it. Why can't I think of this movie? Help me out here. Help me out here, Ricky. It's a... It's uh, a uh, yeah, I'm I'm thinking right now, Gerard, but uh, British. It's a it's like a British crime movie. It's also really funny. Iridus Elba's in it as well. Uh, like, um, man, why can't I think of this movie? They call it Gerard Butler and the Mister One Two in the movie, and I, oh my god, I can't think of it. Rock and Roller, real Rock and Roller. There we go. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Uh, um, Guy Pierce, right? Yeah. yeah yeah, Guy Pierce. Okay, that's I couldn't remember who it was. Yeah, so I love Tom Hardy in that movie. There's a, there's a couple other ones that I saw him before. Obviously, he became Bane. Huge fan of Dark Knight Rises as well. I, I'm right there with you. I, I hate to say this because I feel like it's going to sound bad, but I do think part of the reason Heath Ledger does get so much more acclaim is because, unfortunately, he passed after the fact, and I do mm-hmm. think that that leads somewhat into it, but I agree with you. Tom Hardy was magnificent. I love Dark Knight Rises. Like I said, maybe it's just because I was so so much younger, and I, I don't know, that movie just kind of connected with me in a, in a weird way when that movie first came out i said the fact that i've seen it so much is kind of why i had to throw it there but i cannot i will not give a strike on you on that i will that you your argument is sound and solid and so i will give you that there's no argument there now i this is the part that's going to be interesting for me because we're going to we're going to move into our debbie ranks here as i said you and you and stoops do a great job you're both really great debbie minds uh and i love some of the things that you have because whether you agree with someone or not, you you br- bring a lot of really valid points to why you have your players ranked the way that you do. You know, we've kind of talked a little bit in one of our college football chats about uh, the difference in opinions between an Antonio Gandy Golden. And, you know, I, I know we had a very respectable conversation. Some other people were kind of interesting <laughs> with the way they attacked it. Uh, but, you know, you gave your points, I gave mine, we disagreed. That's okay. Everybody's going to have dis- disagreements on some players. Not everybody's going to see it right. So I have not seen your ranks yet, and I'm interested to see where you go and how many we have the same of uh, in our top five here. So we're going to start with the quarterbacks, and we're going to go uh, – I'm going to start at five. This is how you guys do it, so I'm going to keep going it the same way. When you guys talk about your Debbie stuff, and again, guys, check it out, Debbie Delight. Uh, it's on every podcasting platform. You can find it. They do a great job. You guys usually start at 10 and go down, so we're going to do five, though, here today because we're going to go through some movie stuff as well. So give me your number five-rated quarterback and tell me anything you want uh, the viewers to know about him, and then I'll give mine. All right, so with this draft class, it's it's to me personally, I feel like the, the bottom tier of this quarterback rankings is very uh, wishy-washy, right? You know, you have a lot of guys with a lot of question marks. So obviously we're talking about this draft class, correct? Right, this come uh, forthcoming, correct? Yeah. yeah. So I've got uh, one guy that I like more than most people do. I got Anthony Gordon, number five. Okay. Um, I the one thing that kind of stands out to me is this: is his adapt. You know, he was able to adapt to Mike Leach's offense rather fast. Um, his ability to do so kind of impressed me. I think that, and then of course, all week at the Senior Bowl when we were down there, and I talked to him, and he was talking about how. Uh, when you work with Leach, Leach is one of those guys that you have to understand each read. And obviously you're throwing the ball 60, 70 times a game and it's insane. So I like Anthony Gordon a whole lot. And I think that um, he doesn't get enough credit, I think. But at the same time, it, there's a lot of question marks and rightfully so. So Anthony Gordon is number five for me. 
All right, I like it. He was. Uh, I'm trying to remember where I had him on mine because me and uh, me and Dennis uh, have been doing a like a weekly ranking show for all of ours, and quarterback was the first one we did. And I think I had him at eight, so I, I didn't have him too far off. His for me, I feel like it, I, I need to see if a team really loves him and believes in him, and will and will kind of take him early because I have him mixed in. I think with it was like Hurts and. From are right there, and I'm not a big fan of From or Hurts. So I, I think I'm, if I remember correctly, and I'm sure someone will tell me I was wrong, but I think I had him right there with them, and I was like, I could, I could see him easily jumping up a bunch of players depending on where he lands. Uh, for me, it was Jacob Eason, uh, and I'm still not a hundred percent sold on him. I'm really kind of worried about the the bad combine that he had. Obviously, did not have. Had some good moments with Washington, but then also some really bad moments. I'm not completely sold on him as a uh, as a pro prospect either, to be honest. Like, there's really only four guys for me that I'm sold. I think will be really good, and they're obviously my top four guys. Uh, but Eason's a guy with with the big arm. I feel like if he goes to a good team uh, and maybe a coach that's going to work with him a little bit, they could use him the right way. So I, I got Jacob Eason at five. Who's your number four? Yeah, I've got Eason at four. I'm okay. I'm in that same boat for. For Easton as well, um, he has the ability to be a good quarterback in this next level. I, it's just, I think the right system would suit him. I, I think a system like uh, Indianapolis or Tampa Bay, those are the two situations that come to mind that I would like to see Easton play. And I think behind Brissett for a year with Frank Wright, and maybe even playing through, you know, playing halfway through the year because Brissett struggles or something like that. But with the right coach, I think that he's very coachable. So I think with that being said, yeah, Eason's number four in mine, and and I I believe that there's only two and a half good quarterbacks in this oh, draft. So okay. I'll let you I'll let you slide into number four, which I already know where you're gonna go with this, and it's gonna hurt my feelings. So do you? Oh, interesting. All right. Well, I've got a uh, for me at four. It's Jordan Love. I I, I yep. love Jordan. Love. Okay. All right. So I no. So here's the thing with Love. I love him. I loved him coming out uh, into the season last year, and I don't. I know a lot of people say that this is an excuse, but the amount of players that he lost on Utah State last year cannot be overlooked. I believe it was like almost his entire offensive line. He lost all kinds of other weapons around him. So I do think that affected him and why he threw the 17 interceptions. I think he's got great mechanics. I I think he's going to be a really good quarterback. I would not be surprised if he's not the third, maybe even second quarterback taken overall. I could see him jump into a and Herbert depending on if maybe a team moves up for him. Because I'm not sure if Miami is sold on him. They seem to be talking about nobody but Tua and Herbert. I do love Jordan Love, and that's why he's right there. I, I could not – I'm going to say this, and this might be controversial. I don't think Burrow is as good as everybody says he is. I just think it was kind of a perfect melding of circumstances with the players he had around him and Joe Brady, which is why he had a obviously one of the greatest college seasons of all time. Not trying to say Joe Burrow's bad, but I don't think he's – you know, heads above these other prospects. I, I think that he's above them based on the season he had, but not completely above them. So these next four guys for me, they're all within like half a step from each other. Draft capital is going to change a lot of things for these guys. So I love Jordan Love a lot. I think he's going to be really good. So I'm assuming is Love your number one? <laughs> no, I hate no? Jordan Love. So okay, <laughs> <laughs> I think Jordan Love is 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 very overrated. Okay, um, I keep on hearing. I keep on hearing. Go back to see, watch the 2018 tape. I did watch a 2018 tape, and I think everything that went right for him in 2018 went was went wrong from a 2019. And I mm-hmm. know he lost a lot of guys and stuff like that, but for me, if you watch the tape in 2018, some of the some of the plays that he made in 2018 
where I wouldn't say luck, uh, maybe not luck, but there were some plays where he had some things going for him that was not perceived because of him. I, I think I will gladly inf- – there's two guys in this in this quarterback class that I am not big on. Jordan Love is one, and I think Jalen Hurts is the other. Jalen okay. Hurts, I think, is by far the worst quarterback prospect in this entire draft. And I understand that you look at his stats and you see his stats and they shove him down your throat. And I've had arguments until I'm blue in the face about Jalen Hurts. But for me, Jalen Hurts is a college quarterback. Jalen Hurts succeeded in college because of that. But if you watch his big game plays, he struggled in the big game. He was awful. Awful in the big game this past year. Yes, his stats don't reflect it, but I don't count second half stats when you're down already a couple touchdowns because of mistakes you made early in the game. But I think Love and Hurts are highly overrated. My third is Tua. I and this is another guy. I'm not. I'm not big on Tua. Mm-hmm. I don't like Tua. I think that I, he's another one. I will be gladly wrong about. I'll be a, a first to admit to you that I thought Mahomes was going to be a bust. I'm wrong. I'm okay being wrong. I'm okay saying I'm wrong. But Tua, to me, is a product of his environment. And I think Burrow could be, you know, obviously put on that same level. I was waving the Joe Burrow flag back in August mm-hmm. after that Texas game because I saw I – said, I said after the Texas game that he would win the Heisman. And then a few weeks later, I said that they were going to win the national championship. And it was because he brings a certain – oomph to the team he has that swagger and he he made the plays and 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 we'll talk a little bit more about him in a minute but for me Tua doesn't have that same swagger per se and I think obviously the injuries don't don't help but I'm going to be honest even with the injuries he's still number three quarterback without the injuries he's still my number three quarterback he makes plays yes he is he good yes is he gonna is he terrible no but I don't think that he's going to be able to make the same level of plays with half the talent around him. He had Jerry Judy, Henry Rux, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris. You have three what would have been first-round draft picks and will be end up being first-round draft picks when Devontae Smith goes in the first round next year. You have all this talent. You have a borderline first-round running back in Najee Harris. You have all this talent around you. And I'm not saying he didn't make the throws, but he really did help from throwing a two- and three-yard pass that went 75 yards quite a lot. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Tua is my number three as well. Uh, I'm like I've been torn on Tua for a while, and again, we we're in the same college football chat, so I believe it was a while ago, and I know you were one of the few. I think Stoops was on uh, our side as well against Tua, and a lot of people yep. thought it was crazy. Uh, and you yep. know, I don't think you can rule out the injury history as well. I mean, he's been injured every single year he's been in in college football. I understand that some people think the ankle injuries and surgeries will be better for him moving forward because it's kind of helped tighten up the ankle, but it's still surgery. I, I don't. I'm I'm with you. I'm not a hundred percent sold on Tua. I don't know if it's necessarily a product of his environment, but I don't think you can take that away because I do think some of that is what's hurt my number two quarterback, and that's Justin Herbert, and the fact that his best wide receiver he had. I don't remember his name now, but he was drafted in the sixth or seventh round by the Minnesota Vikings. That That's the best weapon he's had in the past couple of years. I love Herbert. I think he's got all of the intangibles. I think he's going to end up being the best quarterback of this class. That's what I've been saying for since I was blue in the face last year talking about if he would have came out, he'd have been better than Kyler Murray, in my opinion. So I, I love Justin Herbert. He's my two. I'll just give my last three since I'm kind of on a roll here. Uh, Burrow is my number one, and it's all based on what we just were talking about, I think. 
just based on him having the the best college football season out of a quarterback we've ever seen so far. Uh, and I do love his anticipation. Like, the way he puts the balls on wide receivers before they even get to where they need to be is phenomenal. He definitely looks like he has a very bright college mind. I don't think all of that was Joe Brady. I do think some of that was Burrow. He doesn't have the strongest arm like Herbert does, but he doesn't need it if he's able to put the ball where he needs to, as he showed he could do last year. And he's going to go number one overall, so I do think that draft capital matters a lot. So I have Burrow, Herbert, Tua as my last three. Uh, So go ahead and give us your, your last two. Yeah, so Herbert's my two and Burrow's my one. Herbert's by far the best quarterback in this draft, and I will leave that flag until I'm dead. Um, But I'm I'm on the same boat with you. You you know where Burrow's going to go, and I'll talk about him in a second. Herbert, for me, he makes all the plays. I saw him down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl, and to be honest with you, it it took everything out of me in my own personal rankings of putting him number one. He did all the things right. Mm -hmm. Um, There was questions around his leadership. He threw touchdown passes and ran down the field 40 – I mean, obviously, this is practice. But he ran the ball – he ran down the field 40 yards just to give the guy a high five and a hug. You know, that's the kind of stuff that Herbert was doing at the Senior Bowl. And and talking with him, he's very genuine. He made sure to get out of his way to talk to every single person that wanted to talk to him. This is a guy that you want to lead your franchise for the next five or ten years. And for me personally, I want Herbert to go somewhere where somebody's going to buy into him because – I don't want him to get stuck somewhere where they dra- they draft him this year, the quarter the, the coach gets fired next, and then he get kind of gets down in the trickle down effect because you know we've seen a lot of guys that kind of happen to yeah. And then for me, Burrow's number one. I-, I love Burrow. I'm a big Burrow guy. I think that Burrow can succeed on the next level. I do think that he might find trouble succeeding in Cincinnati. The big things for me, you kind of mentioned them as well for Burrow that I like a whole lot is his pocket presence is pocket presence can't be taught. I'm, it, it can't. It, you either it's kind of one of those things you either have it or you're Jameis Winston. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. it's one or the other. And he is very good in that pocket. He has that sixth sense of when somebody's coming towards him. He's a leader. He has the swagger that you want. He reminds you of like a Jim McMahon who walks, you know, he just walks into the building and he knows he is the man of the hour type thing. And if they surround him with the right pieces, I think Joe Burrow could be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I just don't I don't buy into Cincinnati spending money. That's my problem. Yeah, I got to there. I want to touch on one one thing you mentioned about Justin Herbert because I hate that narrative, too. Uh, that he is not a good leader. Just because he's a quiet and reserved kid, uh, when you see him on the football field for Oregon, doesn't mean he's not a good leader. You know, I'll point out Eli Manning, who took the New York Giants to two Super Bowls, and everybody talks about how he's just a quiet leader in the locker room. Well, took the New York Giants to two Super Bowls, and he beat the New England Patriots, who were 17-0 at the time. That has nothing to do with it. We don't see what that kid's like in in the locker rooms and everything, so I hate that narrative with a passion. And, uh, One of the teams that I'm actually kind of hoping he gets drafted by is Miami because I feel like Brian Flores is that guy who will stand up there and kind of take all the heat. He doesn't care. I don't think they're going to fire him anytime soon. And I also think he would really kind of fit well into that offensive scheme if they can bring, you know, if Devontae Parker can stay as good as he was, bring Preston Williams back. There's a lot of talk that they really like uh, J.K. Dobbins as well, which I'd love if he could land there as that running back. And all of a sudden, Herbert's got better weapons than he's ever had in his career around him. Uh, I'd love yep. for him to land in Miami. That's kind of like the spot I'm, I'm kind of – there in Indianapolis are the two that I'm like, I'm really hoping he might end up at. I've seen a couple of them mocked 
uh, to Indianapolis late, which would just be crazy if he fell that far. Uh, but those are kind of the ones that I'm, I'm looking at. So I forgot to throw this on the show sheet, but I know you're a very smart Debbie mind, so you'll be good to go. Uh, I wanted to get just real quick. You don't have to tell us much about him, but, uh, going into the 20, uh, the 2020 season for, for college, who are your top five quarterbacks for, for Debbie purposes? If I'll give you mine okay. first in case you're not ready or do you want to, you want to take well, it? I'm ready to go. You go ahead first and then I'll kick it off after you. All right. So I'm going to go one to five. Uh, I, I know this is going to sound a little homerism here, but I got Justin Fields. I actually think he's going to prove this year that he's better than Trevor Lawrence. I got Trevor Lawrence at two. Uh, Jaden Daniels out of Arizona State at three. Uh, I've been talking about him a, a while now. I love that kid. Love what I saw out of him. Uh, four for me is Sam Howell out of North Carolina. And then last, Jamie Newman. I'm really interested to see what he does moving over to Georgia. Have all those weapons around him in that offense. Uh, I, I'm really excited to see what this kid does this year. So who are your top five? Uh, I, I, I'm on the flip side. I think Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. Um, I love Lawrence. I think he makes all the right plays. Um, Justin Fields, I think, is good. I think this is the year Justin Fields showcases himself. They don't have a Dobbins, per se. They have a good run game. But I think Fields showcases his arm this year. They've got a lot of talent around him to do so as well. Um, K.J. Costello is my number three. I like um, I love K.J. Costello. I love him a whole lot. He is a 6'5", 220 quarterback. And not only that, he is about to inherit Mike Leach and that yeah. offense I am beyond ecstatic for this because Minshew is good Gordon's good but Costello is 10 times a quarterback both those guys are so I can't wait to see him in that offense Kyle Trask out of Florida I think that team's too loaded I think that in, in my personal opinion I think Florida is I think Florida can win the national championship next year and that's okay. not even an understatement I think a down year by everybody else they are loaded with weapons across the board. I mean, I am excited about this team. Trevor Grimes is going to be awesome. You got Pitt, so I think is going to be the best tight end we've seen in a couple years as well. Um, and then I like Sam Ellinger. I, I like him a lot. He makes some bonehead mistakes. It makes me mad. And then, you know, I'm sure he'll go out there. This is another team that's talented. Between USC and Texas, They're the two, I think they're the two most talented offensive teams in the country. And for some reason, bad coaching always blows it. So <laughs> those are my top five. I like – it's kind of interchangeable, but I'm I'm riding the Costello high already because I just like the kid and I think that he's got all the tools to be a great quarterback in the NFL. No, I'm right there with you. I'm actually working on a, a top Debbie article for quarterbacks right now and I have them mostly in that order. Uh, I'm doing it by tiers just based on Debbie altogether if, you, if you're in a Debbie league. Uh, and uh, uh, Costello's up there. He's right at the top of my tier two, right below the same. If my tier one is... Uh, Fields, Lawrence, Daniels, and Howell, and then Costello is right there. And my big thing is what you just mentioned. Like I'm excited to see what he can do in that Mississippi State offense. You know, got tons of talent around him now. Uh, I love Mike Leach, obviously being there, and I put on there. I think he could easily, if he has a good year, jump him up to the third in that class. Jump in Brock Purdy, who's I think the third, going to be the third at least of right now uh, in that draft class next year behind Fields and Lawrence. So I like the. Uh, the Costello call. Uh, before we move on to running backs, let's let's talk a little movies. And I'm interested to see uh, which way you go here. So, who are your top five franchise characters? All right. So this one was hard for me. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but franchise wise, you didn't clarify per se how where I could go with this. So uh -huh. I went. I'm a little all over the place, and I'm okay with it. So um, 
Obviously, you have to talk about John Wick. I think it's one of the those those movies, the franchise. There, we're three movies deep, about to be four. So I can I, I consider, you know, three movies deep. We've got a franchise on our hands. I think that's a phenomenal character. Those all three of those movies have been killer. Um, Rocky. I mean, <laughs> you can't talk about franchise characters without talking about Rocky. Rocky's one of the greatest films that's ever been made. Um, Jason Bourne. Um, I he for me is one of those guys that obviously you have to talk about. I mean, you, you really can't talk about franchise characters without talking about Batman, right? You know right. what I mean? So for me, that's a that's a, that's a no brainer. And this this last one, it, it, I went back and forth, right? Um, I'm gonna go Ethan Hunt from the, the Mission Impossible franchises okay. because I feel like those movies have only gotten better in the last couple for the last couple uh, movies that have been out. So those are the top five. It, I could go in and out with a couple different of these. I also had like Axel Foley listed. I can't wait for the new Beverly Hills Cop. I thought those movies were <laughs> phenomenal. I'm excited to see Eddie Murphy come back. But there's so many different ones there. But I, I feel like I, I I hit some some solid ones there. What about you? All right, so at number five for me, actually, I have Ethan Hunt as well in Mission Impossible. Love him. I know a lot of people kind of hate on some of those movies because they seem like almost impossible. As they say, I don't care. I love them. I, I love watching the movies. Uh, number four for me, I don't actually have a character, uh, but just a movie franchise uh, altogether. I, I love the Jurassic Park ones. I mean, they kind of obviously yep. is mixed uh, over throughout you've had a couple of mixtures here and there like obviously chris pratt is kind of the main one now in these past few uh, i love the jurassic park ones at three uh is um oh my god uh indiana jones sorry i was looking at the wrong thing on my notes uh, i've loved the indiana jones he's not necessarily a big fan of the fourth one and i hear they might be making uh, a fifth one so we'll see how those go um uh, moving more kind of closer uh, to me now, uh, Star Wars is a big one for me. I, again, say I didn't really have a character. Obviously, Luke is in all of them, uh, but just love the Star Wars franchise altogether. And the number one for me, and this is going to kind of lead to uh, some talks we're going to have later, is uh, James Bond. I, I I love James Bond, and I mean, when I say I love, I'd have his babies if he'd let me. I, I'm a huge fan. Not just of of the movies, but I own all the books. I've I've read all of them. I've I've loved the recent franchise with uh, Daniel Craig because they kind of go closer to some of the books and bring more of those villains in. Uh, so huge James Bond guy. He's he's absolutely any movie comes out with James Bond and I'm there the minute it's out. I love it. It drives my wife crazy. So that that's my number one. Let's talk about running backs. We'll start same at five. Go up to one. Who is your number five running back? Uh, one guy that I really love in this class, um, Keyshawn Vaughn out of Vanderbilt. I like um, it. What this, what this kid has done uh, this past year and in this offense, which is atrocious, has been quite impressive. Um, this team was terrible this year. They had a bad quarterback, didn't have very good – you know, they had some decent weapons, but it, it all came down to the quarterback play. Offensive line play wasn't good either. Um, speaking with Vaughn, he, he talked about how the entire offseason heading from his junior to senior year, he could have came out his junior year, but he came back because he wanted to hone in on his skills a little bit. And what he did, he said he woke up every day. He would go catch the ball. He would sit in front of the the I don't even remember what the machine's called, but he would it would spit the ball. And he'd catch it over and over. Oh, yeah, the jugs over and over again. He knew he had to work on his ability to catch the ball. Yeah, there we go. And he talked about how doing that it only improved upon what he was trying to do. And then he ended up with having more catches this past season than he did almost all three years previous combined. And I thought that it brought an extra layer and, and to his level of ability. And, of course, I think that he also benefited from 
uh, Harris, Chuba, and Etienne coming back as well because I think yeah. that only pushed him up my draft board. He's very he's very quiet, very reserved. I, I, I know that he's not as flashy as some of these other guys in this draft, but he's a three-down back, and I think that's very, very important in this league. And he made plays with uh, offense that was just uh, atrocious to watch week in and week out. Yeah, he's actually my number five as well. So I, I, I'm been all, I've been kind of flip flopping between him and, and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Uh, they're both kind of right there. I, I think that's where the tier one ends for me. So you could say I guess it's six deep. Uh, the reason I keep putting Vaughn there is I just I've loved everything about him. Uh, I did the draft profile for him on Dynasty Nerds and it was kind of even more blown away with some of the things I saw from him. I think that he kind of gets. A lot of people talk about Cam Akers and how bad his offensive line was and everything. They don't really go in and talk about how Keyshawn Vaughn, not, it wasn't as bad, uh, but his offensive line was not that good. He also didn't have much around him. Most of the time when they went in to play opponents, they knew they had to stop Keyshawn Vaughn, and they still couldn't do it. Uh, and so I think that's a huge thing. I agree with you. I actually kind of hate that Hubbard uh, and ETN went back because I'm picking late in a lot of my drafts. And so with those guys coming, I was like, all right, I know I can get Keyshawn Vaughn late. And I was excited about right. that. And now I think he's going to be moved up draft board. So he's my five as well. So who's your four? Uh, my four is actually J.K. Dobbins. Um, I, I like Dobbins. So I'm this... just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> these, uh, these top four for me are – or actually two through four are pretty interchangeable. Um, I I like Dobbins. Mm-hmm. I, I just like the other guys better. I mean, Dobbins does everything right. I just like the guy, the three guys that I have ahead of him a little bit better. So that's why I have, that's to be, that's my literally excuse for having Dobbins at four. I just like the two guys I have above him or three guys above him a little bit better. I think Dobbins does all the right things. I'm just not, uh, I'm not a hundred percent sold on Dobbins and that's why I have him at number four. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I agree with you. My top four guys, you can go any which way. And I think a lot of people are. Uh, you know, I know you uh, follow and pay attention to a lot of the same people I do. You know, there's a yep. bunch of people who had Swift at one. And then when Taylor did what he did at the combine, everybody was like, nope, Taylor's number one. Some people have had Dobbins. Some people put Cam Akers. I'm with you. I feel like it's obviously draft capital is going to matter for these top guys. But at the same time, yep. it's, it's, it's kind of personal preference. If you like a certain guy for whatever reason, a little bit more. There's no nothing wrong with taking any of these guys because I think they're all going to be elite backs in the NFL unless any of them ends up on Chicago with David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen because I do see that as a possible a possible uh, scenario here with the way Chicago drafts. But uh, uh, my number four is Cam Akers and and uh, again I'm I'm actually going to echo kind of what you just said about Dobbins. I, it's just because all these guys are very close with me. Uh, Obviously, you could argue that he could be the number one with how bad his offensive line was and how productive he still was. Uh, I just like some of the things I saw more out of my top three guys, which is why I've dropped him here to four. But again, you want to say he's number one for you. I can't argue against that. Uh, not saying that you have him as one, but if someone were to tell me they had him as one. Uh, so he's my number four. Love the kid. I'd be thrilled if I could get him in drafts, uh, regardless if, if it's even over some of these other guys. So Cam Akers, really good football player. Nothing against him. He just kind of falls to four for me. Who is your number three? It's funny. I, I think Cam Akers, just uh, off the beaten path here for a second, I think Cam Akers is one of the most controversial guys on Twitter right yeah, now. Yeah, he is. <laughs> there, there is a lot of – I've seen a lot of – you're right. You know, we follow a lot of the same circles, but – that Cam Akers conversation is is one that turns ugly really fast, and I've 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 learned to bow my head out of that one. But <laughs> well, him and so, Zach Moss, I think Zach Moss is the other one too. He's oh man, if, if those two guys, if you're on one side of it, just be prepared for the other side to like come at your throat 
if you're not either supporting them or if you are supporting them. It's ridiculous. But go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, because yeah, you're you're an idiot if you don't like it or if you do like it. You know what yeah, I mean? It's like exactly, you're it's, yeah. it's somewhere in between there. Um, I actually got you talked about already. Uh, it's my number three. You said he was on the borderline cuss. I like Clyde's Edwards Hilaire. Okay. I, I like him a whole lot. I think that he does everything right. Um, I think uh, obviously, you know, you're a product of your environment when everything is going right. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. – he did have an extra step this year compared to previous years, but he does a lot of the things right. But for me, again, two through four, two through four is very much interchangeable. But yeah, Clyde Edwards Hilaire at number three. Uh, for me, number three is Jonathan Taylor. Uh, you know, I, I've said this before. When I do all my ranks, it's as soon as the the college football season ends. Uh, I take obviously what happens at the combine and everything into my process, uh, but I don't change anything until. Uh, the, uh, not the combine, until the draft comes out because landing spot matters more than what happens at the combine. Obviously, I love what Jonathan Taylor done. I've, I've seen it. I saw him run all over us in the Big Ten Championship game. Dude's legit. He's, in my opinion, the best peer runner in this draft class. Uh, I know he worked on catching the ball more this last year, uh, but it still worries me a little bit because he wasn't doing it as much throughout the years. Granted, Melvin Gordon's proved us wrong on that as well, and that was kind of the knock on him coming out. Uh, but I like Jonathan Taylor a lot. Again, same thing. You could draft him anywhere in this top four. I'd really even say top six. Because if you want to take, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn or Clyde Edwards Hilaire over him, I would probably look at you a little sideways, but I wouldn't argue against you. Uh, so, I, but to Jonathan Taylor, like I said, best pure runner. Love this kid. I think he's going to be really good. Who's your number two? Uh, I personally feel my number two, I think that in five years, we'll probably talk about him being the best running back in this class, and that's DeAndre Swift. Um, like people, I, I don't understand the hate that this kid gets sometimes because he was very much so another one that is a product of environment. I don't know what Georgia did on offense last year. I, I'm yeah. still baffled <laughs> that they did not even, they didn't give from a chance to showcase himself at all. And then Swift was just, he had a good year, but it was, I don't know. Like I said, if you rewind Georgia's season and you watched every single game, I watched the games and I'm just like, I who's coaching this offense like it, it was an atrocious it was awful like you have from who i like from mm-hmm. i think that he's he's he could be a capable quarterback in the nfl but he just they completely diminished from's draft prospect this whole entire year and i don't think they did any, did swift any favors but to be honest with you i think swift is is probably hands down the best two-way back in this class i love swift a whole lot so um, uh, not enough obviously not enough to make him my number one but yeah. right Oh, hey, I agree with you because he is my number one. So I'll just talk about my top two really quick. Uh, One thing I'll say about him is uh, probably the best dead leg move I have seen in a long time. I mean, when that kid gets moving and he can string together a bunch of different moves, I'm with you. I think his pass catching is a little bit underrated. I'm with you. I, I couldn't even put Dobbins ahead of him, and I wanted to. Trust me, I did. I was arguing with myself. All night long when I first did my rankings to put Dobbins at one, I just can't do it because I think DeAndre Swift is going to be that good. If if I have the 1-1 one, one in 10 drafts, I'm taking DeAndre Swift nine times because I want to get at least one share of Dobbins, baby. But I, I'm taking DeAndre Swift at least nine times because he is going to be an absolute stud. I'm with you. And my number two is Dobbins. Again, I think my biggest knock on him is he needs to improve his pass blocking. Uh, he, he It showed a little bit at the end of the season there that he wasn't quite as good at it. Uh, but I think he's a really good runner, really good pass catcher. I think his vision and patience is elite. I think he's actually a lot more elusive than people give him credit for. Uh, obviously, he doesn't have that home run speed as well, uh, but I'm not 
as worried about that with just as good as a, a runner that he is and then pass catcher. So Dobbins is my number two. Uh, so go ahead and give us who your number one is since it was not DeAndre Swift. I'm, I'm assuming it's Taylor, but if it's yeah, not, Taylor, Taylor. Okay, okay. Taylor's been my number. Taylor been. We did a, a, a rankings back in August. This mm-hmm. was my first initial rankings of watching Taylor. I like Taylor a lot. I think Taylor's the best back in this draft to draft right now. Like I said, five, now and five years from now is two different things in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and it, it obviously you draft on preference in the NFL of who wants what. Uh, I like Taylor. I like what Taylor does. I think that he did enough for me this year through the passing game to improve, to keep his status as my number one. I'm another one like you. I, I'm not influenced a whole lot by what the combine does. I personally am more influenced by what I saw at like the senior bowl mm-hmm. than I am at like a combine because the senior bowl, you're still playing one-on-one with guys. You're still covering guys. You're still doing things. You're still playing a game. It might not be as full speed, but during these practices, you're trying to showcase yourself in a level that, you know, you're not doing at the combine. You're just, it's focused on you and you alone. Like I'm not a guy that buys into the 40. You're, there's not a lot of times you're just going to run a straight 40 down the sidelines and I'm going to throw it up to you. It's going to happen, but the often times that, you know, Henry Ruggs is going to run a straight line. Well, it's a different conversation, but yeah. Ruggs runs straight <laughs> line down the sidelines. It might happen a couple of times, but what one out of every 25 routes he runs is going to be like that, you know? So for me, I, I don't, I take the, the combine and basically like, Oh, okay, cool. Like, you know, everybody, like you're right. Like a Zach Moss or whatever. Some of these guys that showcase themselves at the, at the combine. Oh my God, Zach Moss is my number one running back. No, he's not going to go yeah. from my seventh, which he is. He's my seventh ranked guy to my number one guy because of what he did at the combine. I watched the tape and that sounds, I know that sounds so cliche, but you watch the tape, yeah. you watch what he does, you watch what he does good. And do. that's the difference. Like with some of these guys, you watch the tape. You're not just watching how he's running the ball. How is he when he's not getting the ball? How is he whenever he's pass blocking? Yeah. Like those are the little things that not just we pay attention to as, as we dive into these guys, but the NFL guys, you know, pay attention to as well, because we're, we're, we're making these rankings based on our preference, but we're also making them based on what the little things that they do right on the next level. And I think Taylor does just enough of those things for me that I, I like him at number one. But again, I really truly feel like between Taylor Swift, Alaire Dobbins, I don't care who anybody has at number one, because I don't think you're wrong. Right. There's no argument for me there because you know, when it comes down to it, we'll find out the day after the draft because, to be honest with you, a guy like Zach Moss could go to Kansas City and you're all in on him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, you oh, know, yeah. or somewhere where he's going to – and Cam Akers goes to Miami. Cam Akers is probably going to be one of the first two backs taken off the you know the board then. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? So these rankings are based on what we're watching now. The next set of rankings – and you're right. You know, I've – I've altered my rankings a little bit, mm-hmm. but not. I haven't changed them since I made them in January after the season was over. We did one last set of rankings after the Senior Bowl, and I have not moved one guy since then because yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to be a product of Twitter. I'm not going to be a product of it. I watched enough tape on these guys to understand who I like and who I don't. Yeah, and I think that's the best way to do it. Like, I, 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 I'm not going to say anybody who does move their rankings up and down based on whatever they see the combine or anything like that is wrong. No, no. 
if you if that's a, if that's your process, that's your process. I I, I like yours because it's kind of the same as mine. So that it's not even just the tape. I mean, I, as you mentioned, you love when college football starts up. I'm saying like that's all I do Saturdays. I'm lucky enough in the fact that my wife works most Saturdays, so it's just me and my kids. And my kids not could not give two shits about football. Uh, so they're usually doing their own thing. I have to get up every once in a while to make sure they're eating and drinking and, you know, not doing anything stupid. But outside of that, I just sit and watch football all day Saturday. And so I watch all those games and I get to go back once the season ends and kind of watch tape like you were just talking about. Yeah, and it's it's just for me, the landing spots are going to be the biggest thing that matters. So I'm with you on that. I like that we kind of have the same process and everything. And, and like I said, it. That's one of the great things about this is that everybody, people are still going to disagree on certain things. I mean, we're, we're pretty much lock and step in most of these, which I like, uh, but it's okay not to agree on everything because we're going to see, there's some things that you're going to see, or maybe you prioritize more than I do, and there's nothing wrong with that. So before we move on to wide receivers, I realized that I messed up on my show sheet here, which I tend to do very often. We were supposed to talk about the top five franchise uh, characters before we even got into the quarterback. So we'll do the last one, uh, the top five uh, show characters at the end, because that that'll we kind of went out of order here. But who are your top five action stars? Action stars. Or movies, okay. I'm sorry. Or, so, M or movies. All right, so I wasn't sure where to go with this one. You said stars, so I, I went... Actually went actually went stars. As did I. Right, well, I did too. Gonna, no, actually, you know what? I'll go movies. I like movies better. I okay. like going to talk about movies and collective whole. I, I I'll change it up a little bit if that's cool with you. Yeah, yeah. Go um, ahead. So, recency bias. I think one of the best action movies made in in the last decade is Baby Driver. Um, I like it. Okay. It, I, I watched this movie in theaters and hated it. <laughs> and I thought, I was like, God, this movie's terrible. I don't know if I was just in a bad movie, but I'm the type of guy that I will give a movie, most movies, a second chance. I gave this movie a second chance. I don't think there's a movie that I've watched more in the last five years than this one. Every time it's on TV, I will watch it. It doesn't matter. I'll put it on just because. I think it's a fantastic movie. When they announced the sec- sequel, was they're going to make a sequel. I was very excited about that. Um Another movie that I like a whole lot, Logan, I think it's one of the best comic book movies ever made just because it is packed with emotion. It's packed with raw, just honest, just just ruthlessness. And I I loved it. I loved it uh, a whole lot. I think John Wick is another movie that we the franchise can be talked about as a collective whole. Um, It's one of those movies I just love a whole lot. Um, The original Taken I think was phenomenal. I'm not a big fan of the other 983,000 of them. <laughs> and then the last movie I'll talk about is 300. Um, that movie revolutionized film as a collective whole that we know yeah. it today. And what it did for movies is something that I wholeheartedly get behind. And I, I love that movie. I could talk about so many different action movies until I'm blue in the face, but those are some of the ones that whenever I, I tried to, whenever I saw your list, I was like, I'm going to write down the first five that come to my mind. Gotcha. Because I could talk about movies until I'm blue in the face. So those are the first five. When I think of action, I would love to put on at any moment in my time. Yeah. So I, I'll go movie stars. Cause that, that's kind of the way I attacked it. And I had a tie here at five, uh, between, uh, Keanu Reeves and Tom Cruise. We've obviously talked about John Wick. You were just talking about, and then we both talked about mission impossible earlier. I couldn't separate them. I had to get them both in there. So they're, they're right there at five for me. Uh, number four is Jet Li. Just, I mean, all the movies that he has done, I, anything he is in, I love watching him. Uh, f- uh, four for me, I'm sorry, three for me is Bruce Willis, a huge fan of the Die Hard movies and everything else that he's been in. 
two, Jason Statham, who I know you were talking about earlier. Uh, and then number one for me is a guy that I think kind of gets overrated, or not overrated, I'm sorry, overlooked. Uh, did a lot of, like, not even just good action movies, but funny movies as well when I was younger. Uh, doesn't Hadn't done a lot lately. That's Jackie Chan. And I love a lot of, not even just the Rush Hour movies, uh, but he does a lot of other, like, I want to say they were movies that were Chinese because they were kind of like English dubbed and everything, but they were really good movies. Uh, I love watching anything Jackie Chan in it. Uh, so those are kind of like my top five action stars. All right, let's talk about wide receivers. I'm interested to see where we go because I already know we're going to have at least one difference. Uh, <laughs> but who is your number five at wide receiver? So, okay, so it's funny. The process behind the wide receivers to me is this, and I, and I talked about this a little bit. My biggest thing about a receiver that I like is whenever I, I – wa- I like to watch what he does off of when he's not getting the ball, when he knows he's not getting the ball. Mm-hmm. And I bring this up because there was a certain guy, and I'll bring him up, Omar Bayless. And Omar Bayless, I think, has some of the r- most raw talent in this entire class. But Stoops and I did a show on him, and when we did – we watched his tape, and he was so disinterested. I don't mean to bash Bayless on the air here, right. <laughs> but he was so disinterested in anything that was going on when he didn't get the ball. It literally infuriated me. And that's some of the process behind me whenever I'm looking at my red receivers and I want to see what they're doing. Um, for me, number five, Justin Jefferson out of LSU. I think that this team as a collective whole eagerly threw themselves in there. But Jefferson is good at football. I like what he does. He has – all the capabilities of being a number one wide receiver. I personally feel like there's only a handful of wide receiver ones in this class. I think there's a lot of twos and a lot of threes, but mm-hmm. I think my five are the only five that I believe are one wide receiver one capable, and he's one of them. I agree. We, uh, Me and Dennis actually did our wide receiver episode last night, just dropped, and I, that was what we said, too. Our top five were the ones that we thought were elite, like, tier one wide receivers. Everybody else, no, nothing wrong with being a wide receiver, two or three, no. but, but that's where we kind of uh, ranked them. Uh, and for me, five was T. Higgins, and, and I'll just say uh, my four is Justin Jefferson because I, I agree with everything you just said on him, and, and both those guys are kind of like – they're right there for me. I could flip-flop either one of them, uh, but I, I just kind of went T. Higgins because I liked more what I saw out of Justin Jefferson uh, this past year. But T. Higgins has done it longer as well, so that that I, maybe I should have moved him above Jefferson. Uh, but I, I like T. Higgins a lot. I just, I'm just i a little bit more infatuated with Jefferson, so that's why I put him above uh, T. Higgins. So that's my five and four. Who's your four? Yeah, Higgins is Higgins okay. is my four, actually. So that's kind of funny how that goes hand-in-hand. Hand. So Higgins, four, Jefferson, five for me. And number three, this is where it gets very controversial, and, and I'm, I'm Stoops and I, Stoops I think has him at number four. I have him at number three, and that's Antonio Gandy Golden. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Antonio Gandy Golden has every opportunity to be a top ten receiver in the next five years. I think he does everything right. Um, I've seen so much criticism over a lot of things over this kid, and I don't mean to expand upon him a little bit, but I, there's not a lot of people that know about Gandy Golden too per se. Um, He's not the fastest. He's not the, you know, whatever you want to say. He's not the clean cut guy in this draft. And I understand that he's a guy from Liberty. Everybody talks about, you know, he went to Liberty. Did he play anybody except, but you know what? This guy does everything right. Whatever anybody says about him getting off the ball, it's a lie. Watch the tape. This guy can get off the ball. He's not super fast, but he's fast enough. There's nobody in this class, nobody in this class, in my opinion, that's better at the 50-50 ball than Antonio Gandy-Golden. Um, I saw him catch guys. It doesn't matter who you're playing on the football field. They knew that he was getting the ball. He had three guys covering him, and he'd still catch the ball. 
And that's the type of thing that Ganey Golden did in college. When I saw him down in the senior bowl, for me, it was a pivotal moment in saying, look, I'm going to, I planted my flag in Ganey Golden early at the, you know, I think it was maybe October of last year. I was like, look, if I'm going to plant my flag on this kid, I need to see what he's going to do against some of these cornerbacks down here at the senior bowl. This is probably some of the best talent that he's played against, let alone the best talent that's ever thrown in the ball at the same time. And he showcased himself in ways that I couldn't imagine. He's fat. You know, the footwork is there. Don't let anybody tell you. There's so many things that I have seen about his criticism, mm-hmm. and I get his criticism. I do. There's certain people. But there's certain thing about criticizing his tape that I think there's so many people getting wrong and that's the thing if you're gonna watch his tape don't say he's slow off the ball because he's not he's got the footwork he's fast off the ball he makes the cuts he was making plays down the senior bowl he was making cornerbacks that were next level cornerbacks look foolish out there i know i have him a lot higher than everybody else does but i'm planting my flag on antonio Ganey golden today and every day until he is not in the league anymore because i think this guy has next level talent will he be number three whenever the whenever i do my rankings after the draft probably not you know it's going to be dependent on landing spot but for me i personally plant my flag in this man because I think that he's got enough ability to be a Julio Jones like receiver in this league. Not maybe not Julio Jones level. Right. But his comparison is Stoops said on the podcast, his comparison is to is to Julio Jones, a lighter version of him. I just think that he's got all the ability in the world to be this good. Yeah, and so I, I love it. I knew you were going to have him up there. You know, as I said, we've talked about him before in our college uh, football chat. My my only thing, I don't disagree with anything you say on him. He he's a phenomenal prospect. I love what I saw. I mean, obviously, I wasn't there in person at the Senior Bowl. I was only kind of able to go off what you guys were posting uh, in the chats and on Twitter, and then what we were able to see on TV. My only thing is, and this is kind of what we talked about back and forth a little bit on Twitter, and, and that's why I feel like you guys probably weren't as mad at me as some of the people were just coming out and saying he's just not good and, and not watching the tape, as you said. is I, I need to see an NFL team take him and, and show that they love him because I, I agree with you. I think he's a really good wide receiver prospect, but it does seem like the for the most part those wide receivers coming out of the small schools don't get the love in the draft process, and if he's drafted as like a – six round player and, and maybe doesn't and is on the back end of a roster I think it's going to depend on the roster he's on because he's going to need to get be given that shot and especially yep. with preseason shrinking and everything now I'm not saying that he won't do it because I do think he's got the talent to do it and I do think he'll eventually land somewhere but I want to see where he goes first he, he's right outside my top 12 right now and that's the only reason why is because I just I want to see it I need to see where the NFL yep. values him so that I can move him up my board uh, so for me at three, I have Jerry Judy. Uh, just n- it's not against anything against Jerry Judy. I think he for me the top three are interchangeable. Although I, I for me my number one is I feel the best wide receiver in this class. Uh, Jerry Judy is the best route runner in this class, hands down, in my opinion. I don't think anybody runs routes as good as him. Uh, but I do think he his. College production was a little bit because of Tua as well. Uh, I think because Tua had such a good offensive line, he was able to get the ball to Jerry Judy exactly where Judy needed it all the times. If he doesn't end up with a good quarterback, like say if he ends up with Mitch Trubisky, I could see Judy struggling a little bit because I don't think he's as good in the contested catch situations. Uh, And I do think he needs to do a really good job of getting off the ball, which he is at. I'm not going to disagree with that. Like I said, best pure runner. He is probably, I guess I probably have to say the best at getting off the line again. Against defenders as well so uh, I have nothing against Judy if you want to argue him one and take him I do think he's going to be the first wide receiver drafted in the NFL draft for sure I just 
think the upside of my two guys ahead of him are just a little bit more than Jerry Judy. I think they could end up doing more for you after the catch and everything than Judy can. So who is your number two? That hurts my feelings. I know. I'm no. sorry. <laughs> I, I quit. I quit mid pocket. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I'll just throw my I'll throw my two and one here together. Okay. I think Judy is my one. Judy is my number one. I think Judy is is hands down the best receiver in this class. And and, and I do get your knock of him. I just think that he is a. I think he's a game changer uh, on the football field. I think that he does everything right. And then C.D. Lamb's my number two. Look, I am not. Stoops loves Lamb. We argue Lamb and Judy. He does have Judy ranked one, but he loves Lamb. And I've been listening to him rant and rave about Lamb for six <laughs> months now. And I get it. I understand. I'm just not I'm not sold on Lamb as much as I am Judy. I, I truly truly feel like it's Judy one, two, three, four, five, and then everybody else. Okay. But I could I get the love for Lamb. I just don't. I'm just not a big fan. I, I'm not saying he's not going to be good. I'm just saying prove me wrong, and I'm okay with that. You know what I mean, type of thing. He's yeah. still my number two. I, I like him. You know what I mean? Like it's. I like whatever we talk about guys. It's like, man, I just don't like him as much as everybody else does. But he's still my number two receiver. Right. You know what I mean? It's like I'm not knocking the guy. I just don't like. I just don't foresee him. I truly believe the opposite. Obviously, the opposite of you. It's a difference of opinion. But I think Judy's one through five in my opinion, and then everybody else. But I can see why people like Lamb. He does. Every, he checks the boxes right. Which I'm very intrigued to see your two and one is because I really might quit this show in the middle of it. So let's go. Well, let's go ahead and get, let's let's get my feet wet before I quit. That's so. what I'm about to say. Like I'm really interested to hear who your one is because I thought it was gonna. Is your number one Judy? Right? It has to be. Lamb, Lamb, Judy, two and one. Yes. Okay. Cool. All right. Uh, well, my number two is Rager, and it's just because I. Oh, all right. All right. I'm I'm no longer quitting anymore. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not going to go too controversial here. Rager, because everybody wants to talk about the speed and everything, but that's just like a small part of his game. He is a really good route runner, and with what I've fallen in love with, the part of his game is so he's only five eleven, which I know you know, but may, a lot of people may not know that, which is not overly big for some other wide receivers. He wins so many contested catches, and against DBs that are bigger than him is just incredible to me. He was so good with three horse. I mean, me and you probably could have gone out there and played better quarterback than he got at a TCU last oh. year. He is a phenomenal player. I've I've loved him since last year when I went to Ohio State, played TCU at TCU, and I was at the game live. We were like four rows up on the 30-yard line, and just watching that kid in person was phenomenal. I've loved that kid since then. He's my number two. Uh, like I said, I, I'm a little bit worried about where he's going to go draft stock-wise, but in all honesty, I'm hoping that means his ADP even continues to plummet because right now he's going in the second round of most rookie drafts. I will take that all day because I think he should be in the discussion right up there with the top guys. He's not just about his speed. He is a very complete wide receiver in my opinion. So he's my two. Uh, and Lamb's my one. And I'll only say that, I've, I've again, I've listened to your guys' show, so I just kind of agree with everything Stoop says. So I, I love Lamb. I think he's going to be phenomenal. I think he's got a ton of upside. Again, I, I can't argue Judy uh, if you want to take Judy ahead of him. But for me, I've just I've loved more out of what I've seen out of Lamb uh, than I've seen out of Judy uh, on a more consistent basis. So uh, not that Judy isn't consistent because he's probably the model of consistency. But there's just something about Lamb when I've watched him on Saturdays. I'm just like, dude. That, that he's going to be that dude in the NFL, and I can't wait to watch it. So I love him. But- I agree with you 100% there. So for me, okay, so Rager uh, is another guy that that Soups does love. He uh-huh. loves Rager. I loves him a whole lot. 
I truly was just concerned that we were going to have a Henry Ruggs problem. Oh, God, And that's where I was going to be extremely upset. And I forgot, and to be honest with you, we're talking about it, and I remembered after you didn't say Ruggs that you're not not a Ruggs guy. You know, we're not not a top five Ruggs guy as well. Um, I I think that he is the most overrated guy since, like, Hayward Bay. But – I'm just so happy right now. I, I feel like I can continue <laughs> the podcast now that I know you don't have Henry Ruggs as your two or one wide receiver. So no, look, I understand. If I would have said Henry Ruggs, I would have been okay if you just hung up. Like I, I'm with you. <laughs> I, I, and it's not a, anything against Henry Ruggs. I, I I do think that he has a chance to be good. I, I don't think he's just a speed guy. Like in all honesty, me and Dennis were talking about this last night because he has Ruggs higher than I don't even have Ruggs in my top fifteen, which I kind of feel bad saying. But uh, and he kind of called me out on Twitter about it yesterday. But uh. Uh, Neither does Stoop, so. Okay. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's he's a very good he's, – he's a good route runner. He's got good hands. Like, there's no, nothing against – he's a good wide receiver. I just – I'm just not sold on him. Like, I, I compared him to John Ross last night in the fact that, uh, you know, John Ross, everybody – when uh, when the, he ran the, his 40 and they put that little network thing up on NFL Network and they're like, well, these are the wide receivers that ran, you know, these 40s right around this time. And everybody's like, oh, my God, none of those guys have done anything for fantasy. And then my point was, well, if you actually look at what John Ross has done when he's been on the field, he's actually produced as like a, a top wide receiver too, which is not bad for fantasy. The problem is he can't stay healthy. And we haven't necessarily seen that with Ruggs outside of he did get hurt running the 40 at the combine. So I wouldn't be surprised if I end up being wrong on Ruggs, but I'm just not 100% sold on him. Uh, my argument, and I don't know if Stoops has made this exact argument or not, so if he has, we're obviously clearly in lockstep about Ruggs. But he was like the third best wide receiver on Alabama. I mean, Devonta Smith and Jerry Judy were out producing him. And to me, that says something because I don't even have Devonta Smith as like a top five wide receiver in Devi. I, I like him. I think he, I have him at six actually. So he's just outside my top five. But the fact that Devonta Smith was able to come in last year and completely overtake Ruggs, I think speaks more about how, how Ruggs is than about how good uh, Devonta Smith is. So go ahead and uh, give us uh, your, your talk on why you have Jerry Judy at one. Jerry Judy, to me, I just think that he he does everything right. He checks all the boxes. He, he runs the right routes. Everybody makes a big deal about his stats last year, but they spread the ball out last year, you know, a whole lot. And that's the difference, you know. You know, when you're talking about a team like Alabama who has so many tools around them, Tua had, you know, guys to his disposal. And and that's the thing. Like, I talked about it. We literally talked about Devontae Smith this past week on our show. We did the 2021 wide receiver rankings mm-hmm. and, you know, heading for the next draft class. And stuff like that. I had Devontae Smith number four as a, you know, because this we're just focusing on the guys that can be drafted next year. Right. So I have Smith at number four, and the, the, but the stats were resounding just to see all the stuff that he did. And for me, it's like whenever you look at what he did last year, 22, 22%. I just did a lot of stuff on him last week. 22% of his passes went for 21 plus yards last year. Devontae Smith did. You know what I mean? So he did everything right on so many different things. He had five TD to five TDs, five TDs over forty. I can't talk right now. Five oh, TDs over, uh, it's very you know, forty yards last year. He was second on the team in scrimmage yards, and and it wasn't even close. Like when you look at the stats, and I, you know, pulling these stats from expand the box scores thing, you look at it and it just does nothing but knock rugs down. And yeah. to me, it elevates Judy because. Judy still got his, and he wasn't even getting everything that he had got. His stats were down year over year. But I will say this: when you look at guys, and this is my point, in case, uh, you know, for guys like Jam- Jameer Chase, where I think his stats next year are not going to be as good as they were this past year. Right. 
It's because the quarterback play. Yeah. You know what I mean? The quarterback play is going to knock him. So when everybody tells me about Jordan Love, watch the 2018 tape. Everybody, you know, I tell everybody about Jerry Judy, watch the, the 2018 tape. I will tell everybody about Jameer Chase next year, watch the 2019 tape. It's it's yeah. it's all going to be about quarterback play because I think LSU as a collective whole might not be very good next year, uh, you know, period. You know, they, they'll be good. They'll be competitive. But I, I don't think they're going to obviously produce on the level that they did last year. And that's why I think a lot of the guys left. But for me, Jerry Judy just does everything right. Jerry Judy's been my one since I've watched him. He is the best route runner, hands down. I think that he is one of the best wide receiver prospects we've seen. He does everything right. His hands are marvelous. He uh, he just does it right, and that's why I like Judy a lot more than the rest of these guys. Um, and it's not a knock on all, any of the rest of these guys. I Like I said, I think I personally feel like the five guys in that top five can be wide receiver ones, and that's the thing. One last thing about Ruggs, and, you know, not to turn this into a Ruggs bashing show, but <laughs> wide receiver ones are – are are good, you know, consistent guys that can catch eight to ten balls a game. I, I don't yeah. think Ruggs is that guy. Ruggs is being drafted as a wide receiver one. Ruggs is not a wide receiver one. He'll never be a wide receiver one. And that's why I think that he'll be oh, – and I can't wait. Because oh, whenever yeah. he gets drafted in the first round, everybody's going to get excited. And somebody will pick him in the top ten of your, you know, dynasty, you know, rookie draft or whatever – and you will get somebody else that is much better because somebody in front of you drafted rugs. Period. You know what I mean? That's why I like how everybody loves rug because you're going to be drafting him. If you're drafting rugs in the first round, first off, you're doing dynasty all, all wrong. But at the same time, it, you're drafting a guy that you anticipate that you're going to start week in and week out. And I don't think rugs is going to be that guy. Hey, no, I'm right there with you. You know, Ruggs and uh, Zach Moss are my two guys. I'm like, hey, I love it if they go to a good place in the NFL or get drafted high because uh, someone's going to take them. And that just means that you guys are pushing the better talent down toward me in the drafts. And I'm all for it, baby. So sure. uh, as as you'll, you're probably learning here on the fly, I can also be a very bad host at times. And I skip over crap on the show sheet all the time. We didn't even talk about our Debbie running backs. So we'll do Debbie running backs and our Debbie wide receivers really quick before we move on uh, to the top five sh- uh, movie characters, which I'm interested to hear on yours. Uh, I'll kick it off first since I, I went first on the quarterbacks. Uh, my five, uh, number one, I've got Chuba Hubbard, just barely above ETN. Uh, I, I just... The only reason I have Hubbard there, I'm a little worried about his the workload that he's had in college, but he's just more of a natural catcher to me. And as you mentioned earlier when we were talking about uh, running backs, I believe it was with Keyshawn Vaughn. That's such a big deal in the NFL now to be that full, complete three-down back. And I think ETN can be that, but Hubbard just looks more comfortable catching the ball. So I have him at one, ETN at two. Uh, three for me, I have Najee Harris. Uh, again, I'm I'm – Go back and forth between him and my next two if I want to have him at three. I'm interested to see what he does this year without two of there, without a, a guy that they can rely on to really just kind of air the ball out. And if they rely more on Harris, uh, how good he is. Uh, four for me is Mac Bor- is I'm, I'm also very bad at pronouncing names, so I'm probably going to say this wrong. Max Borgi? Is it Borgi or Borhe? I think it's Borgi. I don't know. I call I call him Borgi, so it's, okay. it's cool. Okay, cool. All right, cool. As, as long as we're both messing it up, I'm good with that. Uh, I'm, I'm really interested to see what he does this year at Washington State. Now with Leach gone, uh, we're obviously not going to see the catches out of him that we've seen the past couple years, uh, but I do think that might this might be a chance for him to completely just take over the game as, as a running back and, and them run – I don't want to say run him into the grounds. That sounds bad. But just him get a lot more carries, and we can see him more as a runner than a receiver out of the backfield. And then last for me is Kyler. 
Tylen Hill, uh, and I'm excited to see him. I already know he's a really good runner, and I do think he's a really good receiver anyways, but I think he's, his receiving game is going to pop now that he's going to be in that air raid offense, and hopefully, especially with Costello as good as he is, I think he's going to be able to check down to him a lot more, and I'm really interested to see how he does in that offense. Uh, so who are your five, and then we'll talk about our five uh, Debbie wide receivers. So if we've got four of the five same guys. Okay. Um, Kylan Hill actually lands right at number six on my list. Um, Etienne's my number one. I go back and forth to Chuba. I think Chuba, he might be one of the best running backs to watch yeah. week in and week out. I personally, Chuba would have been my number one back if he would have came out this year, period. Oh, okay. Um, I like it. I think Etienne, I, the only reason I have Etienne ranked ahead of him is because of the pass catching, and it's it means more in the NFL now than it has ever. And I think he does that a little, obviously, like you said, he, he does it a little bit better. And what he does in space is just absolutely absurd. But I think that's easily the 1A, 1B of this class. Najee Harris is another guy. He's 6'3", 225. He's a monster. Yeah. I think that you're right. I think they're going to focus and hone in on him a lot more than they had. You know, they did a lot last year, too. But I think that he's going to be the vocal point of that offense next year, rightfully so. I have Puka Williams at number four. Okay. I like Puka a whole lot. Um, I'm a big Puka fan. I, maybe it's just because of the name, and I just want to talk about the Chuba and Puka show the entire time. I told Stoops that we're just going to have the Chuba and Puka show every uh, every week during the Debbie Delight. But and then number five, I have Max Borhe for the same reasons that you do. I'm excited to see what he does because his volume of catching the ball out of the backfield uh, is going to go down, but mm-hmm. it's going to be able to showcase his ability. And I really feel like, to me, I don't feel like there's anybody that can really poach that top two for me could they pass harris possibly i just i think if you and i have this conversation next year etn and hubbard's going to be one and two for me again they just do everything way too right and i'm not going to go prisoner of the moment and just watch this guy go insane but i think after two it's a it's a it's a it's a battle because I like Kylan Hill too, and I think what Kylan Hill is going to do in that offense is going to be really exciting. I can't wait to watch Mississippi State this year. I oh, am no. on the edge of my seat, ready to watch. Because to be honest with you, Kylan Hill can move all the way up to three just because if he has half of what Borhe did last year, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. So it, it it's it's going to be fun. But I, I like Puka a whole lot. I think his size is, is a little bit of a question. Five nine one seventy five is a struggle at the running back position, but I like him right now. But there's a lot of other guys that I like in this class a lot too. So. And then, so on wide receivers, uh, I think a lot of people have kind of criticized my number one, uh, but it's going to actually lead to something you were just mentioning a little bit ago. And for me, it's Rondale Moore. Uh, and it's just because he's been consistent with a, pre- I shouldn't say a, a very bad, but a, a bad offense uh, the entire time. And I know he didn't play much last year, but if you go back and look at what he did the year before, I mean, he was just decimating everybody. It was before he got Bell over there to help him on the other side. And he, he just... He dominated with a bad quarterback, and that's kind of like my argument on why I have him above Chase at the moment. You just brought it up. Chase is not going to have as good a year this year as he did last year, and a lot of that was because of Joe Burrow. And I'm interested to see what Chase does. And I'm not—I don't even care about his stats, but I want to watch how he plays with LSU now that Burrow is gone and Joe Brady is gone and what that offense and everything looks like. We already know what Rondell Moore can do in a bad offense, so that's why I have him at one. Chase is at two. They're flip-floppable for me, but I I just like what I saw out of Rondell Moore. I think he's going to have a huge year this year, especially with having uh, Bell on the other side of him. At three for me is Justin Ross. I mean, the kid's just, he's legit. I I, I mean, I love him. I think he's going to be, obviously, have another great year with Trevor Lawrence and is going to be right there in the discussion as one of the top wide receivers to come 
come out of the uh, the draft in a couple years. Uh, then four for me is Rashad Bateman. I'm really interested to see what he does this year. I thought he kind of overtook Tyler Johnson as the one last year. Uh, I really want to see what he does as kind of the alpha uh, with not a lot of talent around him. And then uh, number five here, I have Amon St. Brown. I just I, I love him. I think he's going to have a big year this year. I'm interested to see how the quarterback goes. I know a lot of people think it's going to be Slovis. I, I actually kind of think JT Daniels takes it back. Uh, but it, regardless if it's Daniels or Slovis, I know you mentioned it earlier. Uh, USC has a ton of talent around him. Can they get this kid the ball and, and really kind of help him break out? I know he's got a Tyler Vaughn with him there as well. Uh, but I like Amon St. Brown. I think he's he's a underrated guy that not a lot of people are talking about that is a really good wide receiver. So who are your top five Debbie wide receivers? So I have Chase right now as my number one. Um, him and Ross flip-flop for me okay. easily any day. I think Ross will supplant him at some point in this process. Ross, to me, I like a bigger body receiver than I do smaller you know, receivers. I like red zone guys a little bit more, especially when I'm drafting. I want guys to score touchdowns, obviously. That's just – uh, you know, stupid point to make, but Ross six four versus you know Chase is six one. I'm also intrigued to see what Chase does without Burrow. Like you said, a, a guy you just mentioned is my number three. St. Brown's my number three receiver. I think that All he right. is talented. I think he's uh, uh, capable of of being great on the next level. I think that he's one of my he's one of the guys that I really hope they utilize well. I wouldn't. I'm not gonna lie to you. He's one of those guys I think that could skyrocket to number one on my board depending on the year that he has because I think he's got all the tools in the world to be good. I personally am I, I'm on the other side of that. I do think Slavis gets the job. Okay. I don't I don't know why Daniels didn't transfer. It, it blows my mind. He had the opportunity to transfer. He should have. The only way Daniels does get the job is if they do the whole, you know, well, Slavis is a sophomore, so he's got another year to mm-hmm. kind of you know, sit back in the back of the, you know, you know, quarterback room and let Daniels kind of showcase himself in order to be drafted. Um, and then four, I have Devontae Smith. I like Smith a lot. Diving into his stats and seeing what he did against um with with the rugs and with a Judy on his team. He still led the team in a lot of different categories. That was very impressive. Um and Rondell Moore is my um is my number five. Um okay. I think this I've said this to Stoops. Stoops laughed at me at first when I said it. I said Stoops man Everybody talks about this class of wide running backs, and everybody talks about this class of wide receivers. I think more so for the running backs. I think the running the 2021 running back class will be light years better. Mm-hmm. I think it's top to bottom way better. And I think when I started diving into this wide receiver class, I like the top five guys more in this class than I do in this this year's class. I like 2021 a little bit better. I think Chase, Ross, I know we have Judy and I know we have Lamb. Th- those guys are awesome. I love them. But for me and you, I, I know you agree with me there as well, in Rager as well. But, yeah. you, you know, I think this top five is interchangeable when I think in more so like, you know, not everybody has Rager in their top three, but you 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 have Judy at three. So, you know, you have the, there's a lot of Judy, Lamb, Judy, Lamb. And, you know, some of the random guys that have rugs up there for some reason. But, you know, when you have the, I think these five guys, we're talking about all five of these. I think there's a couple guys in my, you know, in that six through 10 range that I think can approach the top five. I just think that it's a wide open race. Um, we're talking three juniors as well as my top three. Four of the five are juniors. Yeah. So that factors in as a lot as well. You know, are we going to have another crazy where, you know, guys come back type situation? But right now, as it sits today, I like the 2021 classes. Of the actually, I like all three better: quarterback, running back, and receiver in 2021 versus 2020, hands down. 
Yeah, I feel like uh, I've, I've brought this up before, and, and I feel like sometimes – I feel like people think that we say that all the time. Like when, when we're sitting here next year, I'm like, yeah, I really like that 2022 class a whole lot more. But I, I'm with you. I think the 2020 class is is top heavy. It, it's got a couple yep. really good guys. And then everybody else, like we, we mentioned earlier, especially with the wide receivers, you could argue are like wide receiver twos or threes. 2021, I think you could easily have like almost, if not six, seven, eight wide receivers that are going to be first round talent. So I'm with you. I think it's going to be heavier and deeper uh, next year. I, I don't know. I haven't done as much on the the running backs. I've done a lot of studying on the quarterbacks and wide receivers right now for for 2020 uh, or for the Debbie leagues. And obviously, I'm with you on quarterbacks as well. Uh, we flip flop Fields and Lawrence, but I think I like I like Purdy. Uh, I like Costello coming out next year as well. So I, I'm with you. I think it, they those could definitely be deeper. All right, so tight ends is the last. Nope. See, there we go again. I'm almost skipping skipping over stuff. <laughs> Top five. Are we on movie characters now? I don't even remember which one we're on now. Yes. I'm so confused. I keep messing yeah. this up. All right, so top five movie characters. Go ahead and give us your top five. All right, so mine are a little out there. So I went, um, I'm, you know, my mine. I don't, I don't have them per se ranked. I, I couldn't do that. It, this would be too hard for me. Theodore Twombly. From her, um, okay. I thought Joaquin Phoenix was beautiful in that film. There's a lot of people that don't watch that movie because of the awkward and weirdness of it. I mean, it is a dude falling in love with a voice, but how yeah. many people in society fall in love with you know a long distance relationship before they actually meet the person? I thought his portrayal in that film is beautiful. Joaquin Phoenix is one of the best working actors that we have. I mean, obviously his portrayal of the Joker was. You know, you can mention that. You can mention Joaquin Phoenix's Arthur Fleck slash Joker. It was mesmerizing. Um, Jackson Maine, A Star is Born. I think that's one of the – it still breaks my heart that he didn't win an Oscar for that role because mm-hmm. that was one of the movies that's ripped me in 2,000 pieces. Um, Powell Soundtown Jr. and Tiffany Maxwell from A uh, Silver Lining Playbook. Um, I'd be that. That's another one of those movies. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. I, I know I've got two Bradley Cooper, uh, you know, roles in here. It's kind of funny if you think back and watch Bradley Cooper inside The Hangover, right? And if you fast forward, you know, I don't even. It's, it's like ten years or something like that. You witness a transition into one of the better actors and now directors of our generation is Bradley Cooper, the same guy that was in The Hangover. It's pretty cool to watch. Um, Rocky. I mean, you can't talk about movie characters without talking about one of the most inspirational figures uh, in movie history. And then I, I, this is recency bias and I'm okay with it, but Otis and honey boy, honey boy. I don't know who is listening to this, but if you have not watched honey boy, it's the, it's the movie based on Shia LaBeouf's, you know, he wrote the movie while he was in uh, therapy Uh and uh, court order therapy. And it is one of the most hunting, but most therapeutic, films i've ever seen in my entire life um i saw the movie five times in theaters i have a good relationship with some of the people like with the creators of the film um we had a good rapport during award season and stuff like that but shia labeouf gives one of the most amazing performances playing his own father inside a story that is just about recovery so obviously with all of us locked up in the house for the next 30 days i'll give you the recommendation (laughs) honey boys on amazon prime watch it it's it's one of the – don't get ready. I mean have the tissues ready. Don't use too many of them obviously because you know you don't want to run out. But 
Uh, Honey Boy is one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. I mean, I can sit there and say that if I made a top 20 list, it would be in my top 10 easily. So Very nice. Yeah, I'll have to watch that. that that's that's the only one out of your list that you mentioned I have not seen. Uh, not only uh, – I just want to – on Bradley Cooper before I talk, uh, talk about mine uh, – not even just what he did in Hangover, but I, I remember what uh, – because one of my favorite all-time comedies is Wedding Crashers. And, like, uh, him yep. playing – I hated him in that movie. I was like, God, this dude is such a sack. is such a douchebag. And then all of a sudden to see him in Hangover, and I was like, man, this dude is uh, – I mean, I've, I've always loved Bradley Cooper, so I'm right there with you. Uh, so I went a little bit different way uh, on mine, obviously. Uh, I just kind of went more toward almost like the top five franchise stuff that I was talking about earlier, just the – characters um that i i loved watching kind of like the the way they portrayed them uh two of them are star wars ones if you guys haven't guessed yet i'm a very big star wars fan uh and that's vader uh just the way that he's portrayed and and kind of how tortured he is throughout the entire franchise i I love han solo just because that's who i wanted to be growing up is is another one of my favorites um i I probably should have put this guy as number one uh, because he's just not only his performance in, in all of the movies, uh, but just his, his, uh, everything I, I, I love made me want, no joke made me wanted to be a mobster when I was growing up. And that's Michael Corleone. I uh, just, I, I love the Godfather trilogy. Uh, and I love Al Pacino as well in those. Number two for me was a Joker, not just because of Heath Ledger, but as well, uh, as, uh, Joaquin Phoenix and, and his uh, portrayal of him. Uh, and then number one, as I mentioned earlier, is just James Bond because it's James Bond. He's so cool. He gets all the ladies, drives the nice cars, kills people. I mean, what's not what's not to like about James Bond? Uh, so Who's he, your favorite Bond? Daniel Craig, without a, without a hesitation. And I, that may be recency bias. Like I said, for me, the biggest thing and why he's my favorite is also because I just feel like he's – Maybe it's the the way that they've been doing these films now. I feel like the older ones were a little bit more campy, I guess is the way to put it. And maybe, you know, like we had the campier Batmans and everything growing up. Daniel Craig plays a much more tortured Bond, which I like. And I also like how they just, like I said, they lean more into the books as well, which is just phenomenal to me. Like, to be able to watch them, like in the last one uh, with uh, uh, Christo- Christopher Walken, not Christopher Walken, my good, Christoph Waltz. Uh, yes. Playing playing Blofeld. That that's not a character a lot of people know about, and I know about him because he's in so many of the books, and he's such a key villain for Bond through so many books and through those series. That is to see him then come into life when they actually brought in Money Penny and then M uh, Mallory as a man. Like I, I was just, it was so awesome to see all that stuff. So Daniel Craig, I think, plays him perfectly. I am. Honestly, tortured and will cry my eyes out more than likely when I, if if we're able to survive and go see it in November. I was hoping it was going to come out next month uh, because I was going to be one of the first people to go see it. But now I have to wait till November to, to I guess, be, I believe it's uh, his last movie as Bond, which is not going to be easy for me to handle because I'm also a, as you mentioned earlier, I'm someone who gets very into movies. Like, my, my wife hates going to movies with me because I get in like so involved in them that like I'll cry and everything. Like I don't know if you're a big Avengers guy, but like when Tony Stark died, I'm, I'm dude, I was sobbing like a uh, like a schoolgirl whose boyfriend just broke up with her at the prom. Man, it was bad. It was bad. I'm I'm, I'm a big baby when it comes to movies. But uh, let's uh, uh, go ahead. I I will I will be first to admit I am a a big time crybaby in <laughs> movies. Uh, Honey Boy, I will 
I am man enough to admit that I cried plenty of times during that movie. That movie ripped me in a thousand pieces. I mean, I cried during Marriage Story. I cried during The Avengers. It doesn't matter what type of movie it is. If it's got some, so I cried. I still, I went and saw I Still Believe on Thursday. Uh-huh. I'm, a, I'm more of a faith guy. So, you know, it, it that made me cry like a baby. You know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not ashamed to admit that I cried during movies at all either. So I am 1000% on board with you there, brother. Yeah, yeah, I can't. Uh, what was it? You you just mentioned one that uh, that got me as well. Uh, man, what, what you just mentioned? I was going to bring up Star Wars. Born. No, so not Star Wars. Born. Both of those did too. Oh, Marriage Story. Like oh. so, everybody was saying that that movie was going to make you cry. I mean, it does. If you're married, I mean, it hits home. But I didn't really start crying until that end when he's sitting on the bed reading the the no. uh, the. Oh my god! My it's funny because my wife happened to walk in right at that point. She's like. What is wrong with you? And I'm like everything, <laughs> everything. Like oh, right. it's it's it, yeah, it's it's a, such a good movie though. But okay, let's let's finish it out because we we've been going for about an hour and a half, and I don't want to hold up any more of your morning here. Uh, so tight ends, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't have a Debbie list for tight ends because. I just feel like tight ends are so hard to study because we just yep. don't know with them. Uh, so I'll, we'll just do our ones for the draft, and then we'll hit on our last couple. We've got one characters and college mascots that I want to talk about, and we'll get out of here. So who are your top five tight ends starting at five? Uh, I like Thaddeus Moss. Um, it, to be honest with you, I like two guys in this class. The rest of them, you can rank them however you want to. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I, I do. There's two guys that I think are cut above the rest. I think there's a lot of other guys that have some potential um, per se. I think like a Colby Parkinson's guy is somebody that's not in my top five that I really like a whole lot. But, you know, he's just he's done a lot of things wrong this past season that kind of frustrated yeah. me along with the injuries as well. But I got Thaddeus Moss at number five. Do you want me to go five through one? Yeah, just, just hit him. Back? Yeah, just go ahead and hit him all. That's fine. Thaddeus Moss at five. I got Hunter Bryant. I got the Bryant brothers at three and four. I got Hunter at four and I got Harrison at three. Harrison's a, a guy that I think has potential. I just don't know if he's going to be a consistent contributor. He, you know, each week Hunter, I like a lot. He's he's not bad. My two and one, um, Bryson Hopkins, I think is a cut above the rest. Um, you know, I, he would be my number one if it wasn't for my infatuation with Adam Troutman. I think Adam Troutman. I, I so it's funny. Short story: we were on the Debbie Delight one one week, and we were taught we were prepping all week. And Stoops and I will text throughout the week and talk mm-hmm. about guys that we're going to talk about and stuff like that. And I was like, man, what do you know about this Adam Troutman guy? And this is early in the process. You know what I mean? Again, I'm still learning stuff. So to me, I am willing to, you know, ask Stoops and rely on Stoops for him. Like, Hey man, can you, can you take a gander at this? Make sure this sounds good. Are these the guys that you would have? And Adam, he's like, man, I I don't, I don't really know anything about Adam Troutman. So I start diving in and, and watch this guy's film guys. Seriously. I'm not this. This guy is the most agile tight end. He reminds you of like a Dallas Goddard a whole lot. Recently, more so. Um, he's strong. He's physical. He's he's a he's a good run blocker. He's a good pass blocker. He's good off the ball. He's he can line up anywhere on the football field and catch the football. You can line him out wide. You can line him out in in the slot. You can run him deep. You can run him short. He runs all the right routes. He never takes a playoff. He's hard hitting. He is and he is built like a house when we're down the senior bowl. He's like, you know, it, it sounds stupid. You know, I'm a chubby guy. My, you know, I'm six, <laughs> one about two sixty here. But when you're standing next to a guy like that, you sometimes you see tight ends and they're, they're not the most, you know, physical specimen. Not everybody's Rob Gonkowski or, you know right. what I mean? You know, they've got a, this guy is chiseled from top to bottom and he was making plays out here with some of these tight, you know, with these, you know, linebackers and, and corners that, 
was insane down in, in Mobile. And to be honest with you, this guy I like a lot. I can rant and rave about Troutman. All I will say is type in Adam Troutman Dateman on YouTube and enjoy yourself. If you like football <laughs> at all, this guy is good at it. I think he's hands down the best tight end in this class. I think that he's going to be a game changer. He might not be and probably won't be the first uh, tight end taken off the board, and that's okay. Yeah, uh, I'm okay with that. I want him to get in an ideal spot. I've had dreams about him being drafted by like Green Bay. I've had dreams about him being drafted by a New England, you know, well, if Brady sticks around, you know, I've had dreams of him being drafted by a team that's going to utilize him well. I think we're talking about Troutman. If, if they put him in the right offense, we're talking about a guy that's going to be a top five tight end in the next five years, in the next three years, hands yeah. down. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I, I have him at, I'll give my five, but he's at the top of mine as well. Uh, I have Harrison Bryant right outside at six. Uh, for five, uh, for me, is Cole Komet out of Notre Dame. I think he's got a chance to be really good. Bryson Hopkins at four. For me, uh, three is a guy that I don't think a lot of people are talking about that I really like, and that's Jared Pinkney. Uh, he had a really good year the year prior at Vanderbilt. I think he's got all the the skills and talent to be a really good wide receiver. Just had a really bad year uh, at Vanderbilt. I, I, there's a myriad of different reasons why not all of them I think are because of him two is Adam Troutman and then number one for me is Hunter Bryant the one thing with Troutman I'll say and I'm with you 100% on him I could flip-flop either one of those two I just I like a little bit more out of what I've seen out of Hunter Bryant because he's been more consistent against top level competition I think is a fair thing to say but I don't doubt that Adam Troutman can do it because I do think he can the one thing that I've seen him mock to a lot, and I would love it, is the Browns. And the what I've been telling people is like, if you think, if you guys go back and look at what Baker did at Oklahoma with Mark Andrews, now put that in the NFL with Adam Troutman as his as his uh, tight end because I, I like Njoku. Adam Troutman is 10 times better than Njoku. So if he could end up actually going to the Browns, where I've seen him mocked a couple times, oh my God, I think Baker would use him so much. I think he could be, everybody's talking about Mark Andrews with Lamar Jackson. You're going to see a better version of that with Baker Mayfield and Adam Troutman. So that, that I would love if he could go to the Browns. I don't know if it would happen, but I have seen a couple of mocks where he's going there, and I would love it. Uh, so let's uh, we're we're not going to do the the Debbie one. So let's just knock out these last two things so I can get you out of here and you can enjoy the rest of your weekend. Your top five show characters or shows, TV shows, whichever way you want to take it. I'm really interested to see where you go with this one. Okay, so mine. What I did was is I wrote down my top five favorite shows and my character from it because I think they correlate pretty easily. I think okay. if you're going to talk about your favorite TV shows as a collective or t- TV show characters. More than likely, it's going to intertwine with your favorite, um, with your favorite character as well. Yeah, so for me, for me, that's what I exactly what I did whenever I kind of looked at this. My my all time favorite t- TV show is The Wire. I think it's the greatest television show that's ever been put ever been put on TV. Stop comparing disagree. it to Breaking Bad. Not that good. <laughs> um, my so, but my favorite character from The Wire is Omar. Omar, Omar is I knew it. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. My number two favorite show of all time, it's a show that I've rewatched five or six times now, Friday Night Lights, Coach Taylor. Actually, I can list a whole list of people on that, you know, TV show that I loved. But, you know, Coach Taylor, obviously, is one of my all-time favorite characters. TV show as well. The Shield is one of my is my actually it's my third favorite TV show ever. It sometimes approaches the number two mark depending on you know what side <laughs> of the bed I wake up on. But Vic Mackey in the Shield, if you guys have not seen that show, if you think that the Breaking Bad is good or you think The Wire is good or if you think anything 
crime related is good. This show is 10 times better than that. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's fantastic. Um, number four, I've got Dexter. Dexter, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, you know, nobody liked the ending. The ending was a little crazy and off the wall, but let's not discredit the fact that that, se- that show was phenomenal. It, yeah. it was it was mind bending. Season, I think the the ice truck killer, obviously, but the the uh, season with John Lithgow, yes, uh, is one of the greatest seasons of any television show in the history of television, which ended uh, ended with one of the most heartbreaking kills yep. that you will ever witness in a TV show ever. Um, speaking about it just gives you goosebumps a little bit and then i can't i can't end without talking about the office um <laughs> i prefer parks and rec uh-huh. i think through and through from start to finish it's funnier but michael scott is one of the greatest television characters of all time so we've got two of the same ones and it's your last two and they're on here for me uh so my number one is Tony Soprano. Uh, I've just I love The Sopranos. It's it's a show that I could sit down and and you could tell me, hey, my wife could walk home right now and be like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna sit down and watch Sopranos all weekend. And I'm be like, can I marry you again? Like I just I love The Sopranos and and Tony I think is just a great character. Like I said, for me I love the when when characters show like weakness and how flawed they are and everything. And and Tony does a great job of that throughout the series. And Sopranos is one of my all time favorite shows as well. Number two. For me is the wire and Omar. That's I had him right there. Oh, sorry, I forgot you had Omar in there. So we had three of the same characters. Uh, number three is it was Dexter Morgan for me. I just oh my god, I, I love it. I again, I'm with you. I did kind of hate the way the ending happened. Although at the time that it happened, I was kind of like, oh well, maybe that means they're gonna make a movie, or maybe they are gonna bring it back eventually. They're leaving it open for that, which I wouldn't hate. Uh, but I, I love the show. I'm with you a hundred percent on everything you said there. Four for me was Michael Scott in The Office. I was actually someone who was uh, late to The Office party. I actually didn't watch The Office until it was already over with. I had not... Okay, Me too. Cool. Yeah, everybody was talking about how much they loved it. I'd never seen an episode, and my wife was a big fan of it. And then one day we just sat down. She's like, hey, what? You want to watch it with me? I was like, sure. And then, yeah, I was hooked because of Steve Carell. Like, I love John Krasinski in it as well. And, um, oh, why can't I remember his real-life name? But uh, Dwight Schrute in the show. Uh, I, I just – I love the, – the whole show is – yeah, the the whole Rain Wilson. Yeah, yeah, the whole show is just is awesome. But Michael Scott was the one who he just. I mean, that he's just he gets you in every episode. Not even just with with uh, his comedy, but when he gets those serious moments, he he can get you crying and everything too. Like I love Michael Scott. And then last for me uh, is is more of like a, a guilty pleasure. I just I love this show and I can't help it. It's Dean Winchester. I love Supernatural and I love Dean. I I feel like I see or at least I want to see a lot of myself in Dean and just how cool he is and everything. So uh, he he's my number five. Uh, so top five, we got two more questions for you. Uh, who are your top five college mascots? Mascots. This was hard for me. Uh, I went Bevo. Okay. Um, and then of course I went the Duck from Oregon. Mike the nice. Tiger from LSU. And then Wu Shock. I just like Wu Shock because <laughs> of the hair. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is all. That's really. And to be honest with you, my favorite is. It hands down wouldn't have been changed if it wasn't for this, but uh, you know the Sooner Schroener, whatever they call it thing, yeah. was my favorite only because it trampled over everybody <laughs> on the field last year. So that that hands down was easily one of my favorite things to watch last year. What about you, your friend? 
Uh, so for me, I went to, I, I had to go homerism. It's Brutus, man. I, I watch Brutus every Saturday. It, it's Brutus the Buckeye for one. Number two is actually Oregon the Duck for me. Uh, three was Sparky the Sun Devil. Four, Nitro uh, for UCF just because he's so cool. And then last is, is the Leprechaun just because most of my family are huge Notre Dame fans. So like I, I watch Notre Dame every weekend just because of that. And so I've kind of grown up with the Leprechaun. So I'll tell you what. Not to interrupt, like yeah, yeah. Book Ian Book is somebody that I'm really looking forward to watching again this Same year. He here. improved light years last year. It, it, when I was talking with Stoops about it, we were talking about the rankings for next year. He is one guy that I am so intrigued at what he does because last year he was quietly one of the best quarterbacks in college, and it wasn't talked about because the year before I said, "Oh my god!" Like when they play in that, uh, the I think they play in the playoff the year before. Yeah. When they did, I was like, God, he's one of the worst. He's like Shea Patterson. Yeah. <laughs> and overnight, this guy becomes. I'm like, when I started rank- doing my rankings, I'm like, man, Ian, but what? Okay. And I start watching the tape. I'm like, this kid's good. Like, he has opportunity to be, you know, low key, a very good, exciting guy to watch in 2020. Yeah, I agree with you as well. So you you mentioned right there, exciting to watch in 2020. Before we cut out of here, if, if you haven't, no, I know you have. If you're listening to this and you're not a really big college football fan, but this has gotten you excited for it, Ricky, give them one team that you were excited to watch or that you think they should watch in 2020 that I think is going to pique their interest in college football and have them dive into Debbie in college football. For me, that man, this is a hard one. I've got, I'm cheating, I got two. Okay, um, so for me, I think USC, obviously, Savas, Amon Rain, St. Brown, Tyler Vaughn, Stephen Carr, that team is loaded. But my favorite team I'm looking forward to the most this coming year is obviously Florida. I think Florida is going to be loaded on offense. I think Kyle Trask is low-key. I, I think that he could be the second-best quarterback coming out of this draft class. Sorry, Justin Fields. Um, and for me, I think with Grimes and Pitts, the offense is loaded. I think Alabama's taking could take a step back this year. LSU's not going to be as good. I think that we're we're talking about several teams within the SEC that are going to beat up on each other. And I think Florida has the capability to being the one of the ones with the one loss that is standing tall after the SEC title game. I think Trask is going to win the Heisman. Um, I really do. Um, I, I will credit the Stoops for that. Stoops is the one that got me on the trash bandwagon. But okay. if Florida clicks on all cylinder cylinders, they will be probably the second most fun team to watch next year. And obviously that's after Clemson. I mean, Clemson is and, – and folks, <laughs> if, if you like football, please watch Trevor Lawrence. I, you know, he's the most intriguing prospect to me that we have seen at the quarterback position if you guys thought I was bad on the Debbie Delight, I talked about Joe Burrow. I jokingly was going to come out weekly with a Joe Burrow fact because <laughs> and this is obviously I know we're going a little long here, but when I talked about Joe Burrow on the podcast before everybody, I was talking about how great he was. And then of course everybody would, you know, you had the Jalen Hurts crew come and attack me every week that I would talk about Burrow. And then obviously, you know, I stood tall at the end. And I'm I'm all perfectly okay with being wrong in sports too as well. Let's not sound like I'm too arrogant here. Like I said, I mentioned earlier, I thought Mahomes would be a bust. But for me, Trevor Lawrence is he's it, man. He is it. He is I am a quarterback guy through and through. I and, and Stoops will tell you that as well. I love the quarterback position, and I've already done research on Lawrence. I've watched almost every throw that I can find that he threw, and there has been no better prospect that I have seen since at least Andrew Luck. Um, he he is single handedly the reason why you should watch college football next year because they will probably more their their schedules. We all know it's pretty it's pretty cakey. Yeah. Um. 
But I do think that they're going to obviously be in the playoff again next year. But Trevor Lawrence, not just because he looks like sunshine, should be to look forward to. And one last thing before you tell me what you're most intrigued about. Uh, I look forward to Michigan being Ohio State, too. But I'll end on that. <laughs> note, so, uh. <laughs> I don't know about that one. Yeah, I was going to say you misspoke earlier. And the most interesting team to watch is definitely the Ohio State Buckeyes because they're going <laughs> to win the national championship and be undefeated. Uh, no, for me, it's a, a team we talked about earlier, and that's going to be Mississippi State. I think they've got a lot of really good players on that team. And Mike Leach coming over there with that new system, I'm going to be interested to see how that works in in a in a league in the SEC that is predominantly defensive heavy. Like you have some offenses we've seen, obviously Alabama with Tua, what we've seen from LSU, but a lot of other teams there don't air it out that way. So I'm really interested to see how Mississippi State handles being in there with them and how that offense looks against these really good defenses and how much that helps a guy like you talked about, KJ Costello and Kylan Hill that that we both like as well. So I'm interested in seeing that. Man, thank you so much for for carving out so much of your morning to jump on with me and talk about all this stuff it's been it's been a blast i love i love when i can have a guest on that can go from many different topics and not miss a beat and and you did that you guys i mentioned it earlier but follow him on twitter at ricky valero underscore he's phenomenal when it comes to Debbie fantasy and movies three of the best things in the world and three things that you can still pay attention to even while the world's ending because you can't do anything else so ricky thank you so much seriously for jumping on with me and, and spending so much time with me this morning i hope you have yourself a a good weekend and i hope we can do this again soon oh and wait wait before before you get out of here guys seriously check out debbie delight because him and stoops kill it every week one, as soon as you guys drop that episode, it's it's on my queue to, to listen to. So, Debbie Delight, you can find it everywhere. I'm telling you guys to listen to it. Go ahead, Ricky. I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much for having me on. I've had a blast, man. There's To me, there's two no, there's no more funner things to talk about than football and movies. So, I had an absolute pleasure. I look forward to the future having you on one of our episodes so we can argue about some football as well. So, it, it's a, I had a lot of fun. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, man, I can't wait. Me and Stoops going up against Ricky will be a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready?